Welcome back to the Macro Ball Podcast. Thanks for joining. This episode is a season preview podcast, something I've been looking forward to for a few weeks now, as I am joined by three guests, two of which you've heard before on a previous episode, and one new guest as well. We go in-depth on a variety of topics, including the Lakers, the Timberwolves, the Mavericks, the Cavaliers, and of course, the topic du jour recently, topic du jour many jours, many days, the Golden State Warriors. We have predictions, we have arguments, and we have everything in between before we close out the episode with the Macro Ball NBA quiz, so stay tuned for that. I hope you enjoy. Let's go. boys let's do this big podcast today uh season preview 2022 2023 thank you for joining quick introductions hey Josh. i'm walter um welcome back second time on the pod thank you very much jolie popel hey y'all and first time guest first phil kulikowski yes did I, did I get that yeah that's okay good. nice close enough that'll work um all right so let's just start what are you guys most looking forward to this season we'll start with phil my minnesota timberwolves i figured you'd say that uh Best roster this franchise has probably ever had on paper. Um, You're not wrong. I'm looking forward to it, man. Preseason yesterday was the first time we got the the full team together. First half was kind of messy, but the second half, the two bigs look good together. Um, So I'm looking forward to that, man. It's good to see them get some run. What about you, Joel? Just the Aussies. Still chasing my Aussie (laughs) boys. Don't have a team. Ben Simmons can fly off a bridge. Don't care. No... No uh, remorse for Ben. No. Uh, nah, he 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 uh, he dug his grave, McKenzie. He can uh, he can live with it, mate. Did it have to do with the boomers? Yeah, that's a lot to do with it. Okay. A lot to do with an attitude. I will never get over why you don't want to play for your country. Never. You, you were pretty hard at him last time you were on. So yeah. Ever. Yeah, I did. I thought time would heal all, but apparently <laughs> not. Right, we have not a the new, Ben Simmons wound. We have a new youth is coming through. Josh Giddy, Dyson Daniels, Patty Mills are still showing up. Mm. We'll be straight for another couple of years. Okay. We don't need no Benson. And Josh? I think just uh, the number of players returning from injury, <laughs> just seeing how they're going to perform, how their team is going to adjust to certain players like Zion, you know. So I'm looking forward to just seeing players out on the court. Yeah, it's actually crazy how many guys last year just sat out, like, you know, Zion. Lillard was out for ages. Murray was probably ready to play in March, and he's sat out as well. Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi, exactly. Uh, PG had a shoulder thing. Yeah, wild wild season last year. Uh, a bit underwhelming. Obviously, it was nice to see Curry get another ring and all that. But um, I'm looking forward to... You stole my thing, Josh. All the injury, like, real players coming alike. back. Yeah, it's good to have them back. So that'll be fun. But uh, So we're going to go through six storylines now that everyone has to pay attention to. So we'll start with everybody's favorite team to throw gasoline on the dumpster fire of, the Lakers. So... First and foremost, we'll go through what they did in the offseason. So as everyone probably knows, they traded for Patrick Beverly, uh, and they only had to get rid of Talon Horton-Tucker, Stanley Johnson. Um, but yeah, LeBron re-signed two-year max extension. Kind of expected. It's a lot of money to turn down otherwise. They signed Lonnie Walker the fourth, 
They signed Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, Troy Brown, uh, Thomas Bryant. They recently signed Dennis Schroeder, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but we can talk about that as well. Uh, Kendrick Nunn coming back from injury, and they have a new head coach, Darvin Ham, uh, who believes that Russ and Pat Bev can play together. What do you guys think of that? I think they can. I don't know how long they will for. Um, We've already seen some troubles with them on the court, right? Yeah. The, it's the preseason, huddle, for Christ's sake. Like. Yeah. The huddle thing, it's interesting because apparently he's done that his whole career too, like with the pregame one. So it's yeah. it's whatever. We're probably reading into it too much. Maybe um, a little bit. But I don't think he's going to be there for a long time. I Russ, that is? Russ, yeah. yeah I, I don't necessarily believe that he was cool with coming off the bench if that's going to be a long-term solution. Um, yeah. I, I feel like it's inevitable that they're just going to get away with doing the Pacers trade and then... They're going to be. What it feels like, right? Yep, we're just waiting for that to happen. Yeah, what do you guys think, Josh? Joel? I, if you're the Pacers, you're as the season goes along and this blows up more and more, or you know, more and more turmoil. Do you think that they're going to get more from the Pacers? Because currently, the Pacers deal almost favors them more than it does the Lakers, because the Pacers will get Buddy Hill and who is the big? Miles Turner. Miles Turner. Both can be serviceable picks in a championship run. I Whereas so. Westbrook, you know, you're going to be like, you know, going to crash and burn if AD is currently injured and, you know, LeBron's just going for his scoring, uh, you know, getting his 30 and then sitting on the bench. <laughs> you just you just kind of go, what's the incentive for the Pacers to snap this? I think if they get both picks, I think that's pretty valuable. Um, 100%. LeBron's not going to be playing in 2027 and 2029, you'd assume. Um, yeah, he doesn't and, care about those picks. Yeah, and, and once he's gone, I don't see the Lakers doing much just because they have no picks. Their contract situation's interesting. All the big contracts, if they do trade it, they're just putting into more big contracts or a bunch of medium-sized contracts. They just don't have much roster flexibility over the next better half of a decade, I'd say. Yeah, it's crazy how they've just leveraged the the near future or even the present for anything beyond LeBron. Like the the LeBron factor is so strong that it's like if you don't if, if the pressure to win now wasn't so strong, I think they'd make decisions much differently. But LeBron's there, and it's like we have to do everything we can to please this guy. He's the he's the face of the I'd say it's still the face of the league or one of the faces of the league generates a lot of revenue. So when you're the Lakers and you have LeBron, if you're any team and you have LeBron, like what are you gonna do? You have to please the guy. Or he threatens to leave. Wherever that go, wherever he is threatening to leave to, who knows? That's another story for another time. But uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, I reckon Las Vegas. The new team there, that'll be a lot of money. Big cash cow in Vegas. Just back on the Pat Bev and Russ thing, uh, do you think Russ should come off the bench? Because Darvin Ham seems to think no, so. He's got too much of an ego. It ain't happening. Even at this point, yeah. Put Pat Bev on the bench. Start Westbrook, deal with his nonsense for a couple of minutes, and yeah. then start him off if that's what Darvin Ham has to do. do you, when you think about it and you look out about it on paper, the offensive-defensive context, they'd work well beside each other. You know, they put, should, put, in put theory. Ken, yeah, in theory. Put Kendrick Nunn on the bench, and you've got <clears throat> LeBron, AD. You can have another small wall, 3-4. Mm. In theory, it should work, but yeah. egos and attitudes... I just bring this up because the last preseason game, and again, it's preseason. Everybody loves to read into this far too much, including myself, guilty. Um, but Darvin Ham, he called it not a demotion, it's a realignment, which is PR 101 to me. Like, 100%. There's nothing else that is. Uh, if it is a realignment and Russ buys in, that could be good for the team, but this is a former MVP, what, 
five seasons ago, six seasons ago. 2017. I guess it's – he is definitely in the waning years of his career, but uh, I agree with you, Joel. It's hard to see the, somebody with that much of an ego who's been fed, you know, you're the guy, you're the guy, go get triple-doubles, go do this, go do that. You're loyal. The whole thing with OKC, I think – I don't want to say poisoned his brain, but it's like that's who he is. So to ask him to change at this point, Darvin Ham has to be like a magician if, if it works or Russ needs to buy in or both. So anyway. I think in a way him coming off the bench too is sort of scapegoating him. I mean, the Lakers have a different scapegoat every year. I think it was Frank Vogel last year yeah. and Russ to an extent. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Russ, if Russ this, copped a lot of heat last year. Yeah, but if this roster were constructed properly, he wouldn't have to come off the bench. If you had shooters around the Bron and AD pick and roll and then you had shooters and a lob threat with Russ, you can just stagger those minutes. Yeah. And Russ would have been Russ. Um, yeah. And I think we've had this conversation about other guys in the league. We all always say it's not who starts, it's who finishes. But it's the NBA. There's ego. There's money. I'm not paying a dude 45 mil to come off the bench. That's and I don't think they will full-time either. That'd be the most expensive bench player in the history of the league, I believe. Be, yep. For what it's worth. For yep. sure. um, you think the last big dude to come off the bench, like be forced to sort of almost go to the bench, was Melo in OKC? Yeah. And you think how he handled that, and then he went to Portland and showed his, you know, quality talent. So, whether Russ can, whether you know, you you get Melo to give him a call and go, look, you know, you're still earning your paycheck. You might as well come off the bench, get your triple doubles, say I'm still valuable. You know, they got to play me more minutes, sort of thing. But force them to do it, not say it yourself, because he's he's come out and gone oh, I trust myself as a, I'm a great shooter. And everyone's like, mm, oh, yeah, come on, man. Like, like he, if he is in his zone, he can be a good shooter, but it's it becoming is... less and less common for him to be in his zone. He's, uh, I think yeah. his confidence is not where it used to be. And that obviously shooting is, I would say 50% confidence, a lot of repetition as well, but confidence comes from repetition because you know, you can do it. I don't know the amount of bricks he shot last year. I don't want to see him shooting very often, but he had a whole offseason to practice. Maybe he's uh, going to shoot 40% this year from three. Very unlikely, but... It ain't happening, McKenzie. We'll happen. see. Don't bet on that. Just don't, like... Uh, don't bet on that. Don't bet on Pop Spurs and don't bet on Westbrook shooting 40%. Amen. The tank is on. Exactly. So, just quickly, surely the number one priority for this team, and I don't know how you prioritize this internally, but it has to be health, right? Because, like, if AD is going to miss time, this team isn't doing anything. I'm sorry. He's the number one factor of this team. Russ, like, buying in, let's say, LeBron, you know, trying to be another, having another 30-point season, maybe that's important as well. But AD can't miss time. He can't miss more than 40 games. If I was Darvin Ham, I'd be pushing hard for that Pacers trade. You get Miles Turner and Buddy Heald come off the bench, Miles Turner. Yeah. The second AD goes down, you've got a defensive big that'll stand in and block shots. Yeah. He'll give you 10 and 10 most and he games. Can shoot, yeah. And he can shoot a three. Yeah. He can spread the four a little bit. But we all know AD is going to do what Kawhi. He'll be lucky to play 60 games this year. Kawhi, what, reckons he's got a what, degenerative knee condition, you were saying, in the last podcast, yeah, something yeah. like that? I think he, he legitimately does have a reason for load management. And I've talked about this before. Like, It sets a weird precedent for all these other players to like, yep. oh, well, if Kawhi can do it, I can well, do AD, it. Well, AD, I'm telling you now, he's going to do it. He's seven foot tall and, and he's got bung knees. But yeah, the Russ... For Heald and Turner trade, uh, we've already talked about it a little bit. What what do you put percentage-wise that that happens? Like 100%, 60%? It feels like an obvious one to me. Like, yeah, 100%. I agree with you. They need to pull the trigger. 
Yeah. Pull the trigger. I have heard some people. But the Pacers will want that pick. Of course, yeah. That has they to be included. The Lakers are going to push back as much as they can. That's just negotiation tactics. But the <laughs> it's the best thing he can do. It's been a dumpster fire. Otherwise, he got an extension. Do you know that? Yep. Isn't that crazy? That was stupid. Man. Rob Palenka got an extension. It depends on how they're with the boss family, like whether he has got some insider knowledge or got some dirt on them and is just Does using he have some that naked to... photos we don't know about. <laughs> Look, maybe possible. But God, that would be weird. The element is, is boss, how maybe? bad... He seems like a snake. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, how bad of a season do they need to start for... Or if the Pacers are doing too well, is it the opposite of it? If the Pacers come out and win 14 of their first, you know, 20 games... Are they going, oh crap, we're not tanking enough. We need to make this trade. Well, I was sort of thinking something similar, but on the other end, I don't have the schedule with me, but if you look at the Lakers schedule, they've got a pretty hard start. 100%. Um, I could see uh, them going like three and seven in their first 10 games, yeah, something like that. I think they're definitely going to be under 500 for a little bit. And then those walls are going to start caving in that you got we it. can't do another year of this. The, the media, they've got like seven or eight beat writers. Like they have so much coverage and that, I mean, obviously disaster sells. They want... Like, the media is going to push disaster. Blow this up. Oh, my God, it's bad. Three and seven. What's going on? Panic, panic, panic. And so I don't know how the front office reacts to that pressure. I don't know how the players react to that pressure. We saw how Russ reacts to pressure. Last year wasn't great, although I think unfairly he was scapegoated. But, uh, yeah, that trade has to happen. I have heard people say that that doesn't make the Lakers a championship team, but I don't think that's the point. I think the point should be that they're needing to get off of the Russ situation. That's the most important thing because that was – Doomed to fail from the beginning. I don't know if you guys want to talk about why or if DeRozan was on the team, how things would have looked. It's all hypothetical. But uh, that trade, not ha- that signing not happening, DeRozan, and instead bringing in Russ is a sliding doors moment. Like, that's insane to go from... Agreed. Like, I don't think anyone expected DeRozan to have a quote-unquote MVP caliber season, but Russ had, like, the total opposite to that. Like, it's crazy. The, the Pacers... Maybe they, they want to show that they're competitive because the paces are always middling in the app. Like they go close to 500 almost every year or a little bit under. They might be competitive to start the year, but the Russ, the trade and the pressure to make the trade is going to be too great. And I think the reason that the Pacers would do it is not to obtain Russ. It's to obtain Russ's contract, which is expiring. Then it's free money. They could pay if they need to extend somebody like Halliburton. They have free cap space. I think it doesn't is, have to play. It is worth noting. You sort of touched on it with how they're always floating around 500. It was last season. It was either an ex-executive uh, or staff member. Someone from the Pacers said that as long as their profit margins are high, the owner's completely okay with them being middle of the pack. That explains a lot. Um, yeah, good point. So There's a few teams that are probably like that, actually. The Wizards. Yeah, and like, like you'd, you'd want them to go for Victor being in the situation that they're in. But from the owner's perspective, if they're 37 and 45... <laughs> But he's got another five hundred million in his bank from that season. He's stoked, like he doesn't care. So yeah, maybe all the more reason to get Russ because he's not worried about money. He's probably still going to make some money that way. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think there's a, quite a few franchises like that. The Pacers, man. <laughs> yeah. Just one last thing on the Lakers. Is this the last team LeBron plays for? Nope. Okay, straight away. You're that confident? He'll hang around as long as he can to play with Bronny. Of course, but it won't be in LA. That, they got no picks. They got no <laughs> picks for one. You're Maybe right, he Phil, goes undrafted. The second thing, uh, it's highly likely that he becomes a Leangelo Ball and 
wow. wherever LeBron plays, then he, they'll just sign him purely for the media or whatever, whether it be Charlotte, whether it be San Antonio. He won't care where it is because he's made his money. He's done his job in Cleveland. He's done his job in LA. He's making his money in the movies and everything he's got. He's invested in with the schools and everything in Cleveland and all that other jazz that he's got yep. going on. He just wants to play with Bronny. Even if he plays 40 games and they don't make the playoffs, I don't think LeBron's going to care. He's going to be 38, 39 by the time that happens. Yeah. It is a very uh, he ain't worried. interesting situation because um, to answer your question to begin with, I, I don't think this is the last team he plays for, but a lot of scouts start to think that Bryce is a better prospect than Bronny. Bronny might not be the NBA player that over time and all these high school medias put him out to be. I've heard the same thing, yeah. But... If LeBron's serious about this, which I think to a degree he is, if Bronny's projected early second round, do you take him with the 16th pick? Because that means you get him and LeBron together. If you're like a, one of the the paces that are just floating around the middle. if you And I say the paces because I did like a, a 2K simulation and both of them ended up on that team. Um, <laughs> okay. But is, is there a team that's going to end up taking Bronny earlier than he should go? Because they think they can sign LeBron on a one-year deal, two-year deal. That's a great point, yeah. I'm but gonna, at the same time, can you see LeBron in a jersey like that? It's hard to see LeBron not playing for a... 100%. See, I'm going to say no, purely because you sign him to a second round contract. It's not fully guaranteed. So therefore, you can sort of say, we'll sign him to a, a two-year deal or something. We'll, we'll get Bron for first year, see how it goes. If we've got to pay someone, you know, $4 million, we can then, whatever. Like, LeBron's not going to sign for vet minimum. Like, regardless of, of he's... You, you say it, but he's not going to sign for a vet minimum. So you're still going to have to pay LeBron a considerable amount. If it doesn't work out after the first year, you go, all right, cool, drop them both. You've made all the coverage. You've got media, all of the attention. You effectively, like whether he... Does LeBron degree, agree to a deal that's not guaranteed? It'll be guaranteed. You'd be paying LeBron James, period. You yeah. may not just be paying Bronny. Yeah. It'll be, he'll be on a partially guaranteed deal. Or if he plays more than 60 games or whatever that, that may be. Incentive-based contract. But coming from a father, to be playing, be playing to you as with your son. And he's made it abundantly clear for a long, long time he wants to play with Bronny. Yeah. No matter where it is, he's made it abundantly clear. He's getting a bit annoying with it, isn't he? <laughs> Come on, LeBron. Like, we get it. We, you love your sons. Well, there's That's part great. of the answer to your question. Will it be the last team he plays for? No. Will he play with Bronny? More than likely. But we gotta sort of gotta take it a year time, a year at a time with Bron too, because the whole AD move that was meant to extend LeBron's career, because AD is meant to be in the MVP conversation every year. While LeBron can be the one that plays sixty games, that hasn't worked out. LeBron's been almost the lead league league leading scorer, playing seventy plus games every single year, while AD's always out. And at at a certain point, you gotta wonder too. LeBron's probably going to know when it's time because he's too good to play until he's averaging 10 points off the bench. Yeah, he's not gonna, like wrong. LeBron's last season in the league will still be an all-star caliber season. I mean, he's going to make it regardless because it's LeBron. But <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I could see him retiring at like, you know, 24 points per game or something, 23. Yep. Um, he's maybe... not going to Vince Carter it and just, just sort of hang around. And... No way. That'd be absurd if he Vince Carter it. I've rated the most likely scenarios that, that he actually retires as a Laker. I've got 90%. Uh, OKC, after they draft Bronny. Because remember, he talked up OKC in the uh, All-Star media situation. He talked a lot about Sam Presti and all the rest of it. It seems crazy to go to OKC, which is like the smallest market, I think, in the NBA. Um, and I also have about a 25% chance he goes to the Cavs as a ring chaser. 
Um, and that leads me into our next topic, the Cleveland Cavaliers taking the next step. Um, they made some big, big, or they made a big acquisition in the offseason. So they traded for Donovan Mitchell. They only had to give up Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen, Ochai Agbaji. Hopefully I didn't butcher you that. You did that real, very well. Did I? Okay, thank you. Apparently that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> and they gave up a bunch of picks and pick swaps. So, But yeah, they got Donovan Mitchell, kind of came in out of nowhere, swooped in like a hawk when everyone thought he was going to the Knicks. Um, they also, in big news, re-signed forward Dean Wade to a three-year, $18.5 million contract extension. Who? Exactly. Um, Ricky Rubio will be returning from an ACL injury roughly mid-season. So I like the outlook of this team. What do you guys think? I like it. Um, They're just built really well. Um, Darius Garland, as your primary ball handler handler and your playmaker for the next 10 years, I like. Um, I was actually listening to another show on the drive here, and they were reading Kevin O'Connor's... What year did Darius go draft? It was in 19? Yeah, they were were reading Kevin O'Connor's grading draft picks from that, and I think he only gave it a C or something because the the playmaking was questionable. Granted, he only played five games at Vanderbilt, so we didn't see it. True, that's true. Um, but, man, it's just a funny turnaround because he's one of the best playmakers in the league now. We know what Donovan is. Um, Jared Allen is an anchor for that defense. We saw the massive drop-off it had when it went out. And Evan Mobley, too. He almost made an def- all-defensive team as a rookie. Yep. Always in the conversation for it. He's only, you know... He was a smoky defensive player of the year, I believe, one of our, our last podcasts, McKenzie. Was he Probably. one of your picks? I think yeah. he was your smoky. Might have been. Yeah, but I like it. They're, I don't think they're going to win this year, but they're set up to have a chance every year for the next five or whatever the contract situation works out to be. Yeah, um, can't hate on it, especially for what they gave up. And especially if you're Cleveland, like without LeBron, you're not attracting big names. So if you can get uh, Donovan Mitchell, who's happy to be in, you know, a Utah, so he's not chasing big market. You think about the way that they're constructed, plus this guy's coming off the bench, like. They have contributors from one to maybe eight, one to maybe yeah. nine. And you think Donovan Mitchell's going to come out and go, nah, you got, you know, you disrespecting me, you know, thinking I needed Rudy Gobert or something. Like, I'm going to come out and show you exactly what type of player I am. He might go for the scoring title. Reinvigorated like, season, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I don't know how much uh, Cleveland preseason anyone's watched I watched one or two games but seeing Donovan be able to catch and shoot and Darius catch and shoot instead of having to create every single shot they take it's nice man I like and you think about Evan Mobley and you know Jared Allen setting those picks like they are some big bodies like Mobley is hit and miss with his shooting but he is an amazing off the dribble like slashing cutter you have all that attention on Donovan Mitchell now and you know you have a lob threat still in Jared Allen you have like Markinen was their their stretch big, so they may miss some of that. But you've still got Levert coming off the bench. You've still got you know a number of quality guys who play their role. And I think that's I think teams are not gonna like they they'll probably make the playoffs. I think teams aren't going to want to play them. They're gonna be a tough out. Yeah, totally agree with you, Josh. I can see them finishing in like a four or five, maybe a six seed, and then that first round series is gonna be a slugfest. Like. I mean, all of them are. Even you the one to eight. play against the Cavs. Yeah, exactly. I did see uh, someone propose the question. I think it was on Twitter. Is Cleveland the team that's going to have the most double-digit per-game scorers? When you think about their whole starting lineup's capable. Then you got Kevin Love off the bench. Yeah, they're deep. If we say Okoro starts, Lavert, he can put the ball in the hoop too. Might yeah. not happen, but Maybe they're least... probably going to have the most in the league in, in that sense. At least five or six, yeah. 
I could see that, maybe seven. Because, yeah, I was going to say, to your point, Josh, they're pretty deep about at least eight, and that's about what you need for a good playoff run. So you have, like, so you have Garland, Mitchell, let's just say Okoro starts, or maybe, what's his name, Osman. Uh, Okoro is starting with defense. Yeah, that's true. And then you have uh, Mobley, Mobley yeah. and Allen, and then you have Kevin Love, Karis LeVert, and Rubio when he returns. That's a pretty good lineup. Uh, I wanted to ask the question, is Darius Garland going to be the next Mike Conley? Similar to what was happening in Utah. Ball handler primarily, play like playmaker, but not necessarily shoot first. Or do you feel like he's going to be like Kyrie Irving with more uh, assists per game? What what Kyrie are we talking about? Are we talking like Kyrie? And, <laughs> not in... not. I don't mean the crazy Kyrie. Just <laughs> no, no, just no. on the court. But like Eliminate Kyrie Boston, or are we talking like Kyrie? You Kyrie know Kyrie Cavs. Okay. I think when he was s- when he was not insane. Yeah. I think the second one's more likely. Um, the the Mike Conley build, I think, in today's league is quite sort of hard for someone to develop into when they're earning that much money and they've just had an all-star season putting up this many points. Because um, Cleveland's one of the... Like, you just had two all-stars. Then you had Donovan come in. Mobley's going to be one um, in the yeah. future. But unless they're a number one seed, they're not going to have all four get selected to an all-star game. If, if I was Darius Garland, I wouldn't be trying to miss out on all-star games while the rest of my team makes it. Like, that's just what it is. It's ego. It's money. It's that's fair. And I'm sure it's contract things. Like, I'm sure he'd have something in his contract for all-star for selection. Sure. So has to be. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I mean, honestly, I don't see Garland making the all-star game given how deep the East is now. And like, you know, you're competing with Levine. Mitchell, uh, Jalen, like in the backcourt, Jalen Brown, all these different guys, James Harden. I mean, Tyrese Maxey, the East is super deep in the backcourt. Uh, Garland's got his work cut out, but yeah, I mean, he should still aim for it, uh, obviously. So that'll be interesting. I think this team has everything you need to win a title in the next two to three years. Um, as long as they play well together and they keep the, the depth they have right now. I don't know if everybody's going to be happy with the contracts. Maybe Love extends. Maybe he wants to go somewhere else to a proper contender. Who knows? But he seems pretty happy in Cleveland. He seems pretty happy doing what he's doing. Yeah. I like the roster they put together. Old Silver Fox off the bench. <laughs> Silver Fox off the bench. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, all right, so now it's... Oh, Lord. There's somebody in the room here who really wants to talk about the T-Wolves. Uh, his name is Phil Kulikowski. Do you think the Minnesota Timberwolves are missing the playoffs this year? Yes. No way. <laughs> no, I, um, I, I'm on record making some pretty bold predictions. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to speak anything crazy into existence right now. Um, I, I think we're. Uh, I think this team's built incredibly for the regular season. Um, I think we we're the seventh overall offense last year. I'd be surprised if a team with Rudy Gobert isn't inside the top ten. And to me, a, a top ten in both is generally top five, top four seed in each conference. Um, mind you, the, the West is stacked. Like I think this is one of those years in the West you can win fifty games and probably be the yeah. fifth. fourth, fifth, sixth seed. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's ridiculous. But um, I like it, man. Postseason, we we got a lot of questions to answer. Um, yeah, I, I do get quite defensive of the the comments on Rudy in the postseason. But different situation. The Utah thing was so unique. I don't think that's going to happen in Minnesota. He's going to have a lot more. I mean, there's a lot more depth. As you mentioned very early, this is probably the best roster in team history by a fairly wide margin, I would say. If you look over the history of their franchise, 
I mean, they haven't had much to speak 304, for. 304, the Spreewell, the, the KG, yeah. Sam Cassell, Stefan Marbury. Marbury was much earlier, but yeah, you were right for the first three. And then they had yeah, some good three, role players. I'll take three out of four. I but, think that's uh, that's definitely the most successful team in franchise history. If we're talking on paper, yeah. like this team is deep. And I think we sacrificed a lot of depth to make the Rudy trade. Mm. And then our depth got better. Yeah, Bryn Forbes can fill that Malik Beasley role for a lot cheaper. We still got Torian Prince. Kyle Anderson yeah. might be one of the better free agency signings in recent Timberwolves history. Austin um, Rivers. He just does everything, Kyle Anderson, doesn't he? I like he Kyle Anderson, everything. man. Um, even hearing him talk about the the defense with Rudy, because basically what they keep on going on about in training camp, when Cat's on the floor, they're still going to run that aggressive high wall that they did last year. And then they're going to play a drop with Rudy, but Kyle Anderson just kept on preaching that they're not just going to funnel every perimeter player to Rudy like they did in Utah. They're actually going to still stay aggressive and try and help him out. That's the way it should be to me. Like funneling everything to Rudy was such a crazy strategy that would have only worked exclusively in the regular season. And we saw year after year in the playoffs, it's like, oh, okay, funnel to Rudy. Look what happened in the Clippers series. Now, obviously, if you all remember in that game six where the Clippers were what they scored like 50 points in the fourth quarter Something crazy. they hit like a million threes like that's an outlier in itself but that's how you target rudy gobert on that utah jazz team and also like i couldn't understand donovan mitchell what does he have like a seven foot wingspan mike conley used to be one of the best defensive players they had guys who know how to play defense they just didn't it was weird I and mean, do you think that was coaching or do you think that was like literally the strategy of if they come into the paint rudy's got our back i think it's definitely a system um, it's weird. But even that being said, yes, they had defenders in Utah. I would argue that the help he has around him in, Min- in Minnesota is better, even if it's just slightly. Um, I think Ant's going to take a big jump defensively. D'Lo's not an all-defensive guy, but he tries since he's been in Minnesota. Um, trying. Yeah, you get you get points for trying. Uh, Jaden McDaniel, yep. McDaniels, uh, Torian Prince, Carl Anderson, guys we already named. It's... I've I've said I've said championship before. I don't think it is a championship <laughs> team if I'm being completely honest. But I think I've said this to Walter before. If they win 50 games and make the second round, that's still the best season you've had in almost 20 years, and that's a win. Like that's all you're trying to do while you have these guys in their prime. You got to start somewhere, Phil. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, you got to yeah. start somewhere. They seem like they're going all in for the next few seasons. Obviously, given they leveraged the hell out of their team. Uh, so just to recap the trade real quick, they got Rudy Gobert. Everyone knows that, but they traded Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Bomaro, Walker Kessler, who was the number 22 pick in the draft, Jared Vanderbilt. Apparently all the T-Wolves fans were gutted about losing him. And they gave up a bunch of first round picks and a pick swap. Only one of those first round picks was protected in 2029. So well into the future. Um, but it's quite a big trade. And then as we all kind of saw with the Kevin Durant trade situation, this Gobert trade changed the asking price for superstars. Broke the NBA. And there's a conspiracy theory that it was done on purpose. I think, I don't know if you started propagating that or not, Phil, but I, I don't remember how that started. I have seen it on Twitter. Um, Probably, yeah. Where all yeah, good things start, yeah. Well, I remember when the trade first happened, um, Canelli and those guys were talking about how they felt like it was now or never for Minnesota. Yeah. And I can agree with that too. Like last year, with a West that had a lot of injuries, was pretty top-heavy, I'd say. Um and with the roster that we had without Rudy, we won 46 games and we're a first-round exit. If we run it back with that exact same team this year, but with what the West looks like now, we probably are a playing team again. I don't know if we beat the healthy Lakers that are the eighth seed or some of the other teams that are going to be in that realm. 
Um, so you sort of just had to do it. If it doesn't work out, you worry about that later. But I think considering you keep you kept uh, J Mac, that was a pretty fair price for for Rudy. Yeah. Uh, fills all of the holes. He can play that. He's not as mobile as Vanderbilt, but he can still play that dunker spot. Cat's essentially been a four on offense for years. Um, yeah. The the biggest red flags are the biggest questions. Are obviously, down the stretch, if you can't play both bigs, what do you do when they're both earning forty million dollars a year? How do you tell one of them to sit? Are they okay with that? Cat. Um, doesn't look great guarding the perimeter which we all know um even as a five yeah it's dicey and like you, they're gonna put them in pick and rolls yeah. same with gobert and i mean especially if they're on the floor at the same time they're gonna they're gonna target that yeah i just think the again i i'm putting myself in the player's shoes i'd like to think gobert doesn't have that big of an ego where he's gonna make a big fuss about needing to sit in the fourth quarter i could be dead wrong he could be really pissed off about that but i think the greater good is that like, look, in this situation, you can't, like, you don't say it to him like this, but we can't have you playing with Cat. We need mobility. We need flexibility. We need to stretch the floor for our creators, Ant and D'Lo, and maybe somebody else. So you got to sit. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. This is how we win basketball games. That being said, though, for the regular season, even with them playing together down the stretch and Cat not being able to guard perimeter guys, I still think you can chalk out quite a few wins. Yeah. It's just when the postseason comes, and it's all matchup-based too. Who knows? Like... If we play the Warriors, which no matter who you are in the West, you have to go through the Warriors if you have championship aspirations. Pretty much. We saw just last year they put Jokic in a pick and roll every single possession and beat them that way. Yeah. They're going to do the same thing with Cat or Rudy. So. Yeah. No, it'll be an interesting one. And I think, that, yeah, they're, they're starting the season with one of the, like their first 10 games, they should win. Uh, all. Seven or eight or all, maybe. If I think everyone but LA is a, a victor team in that first True. eight. So. Yeah. Um, We'll see how that goes. And then that should get everybody excited, but hopefully not too... I don't... Like, I'm somebody who would have tempered expectations. Not saying don't get excited. It's a great team. Um, but the start of the season will... Like, there's, like, dips and rises and dips in the season. So there's going to be injuries and stuff to deal with. Hopefully they start with a good record, but we'll see how that goes. It's a Timberwolves way. Even last year at the All-Star <laughs> the break, we way. were... There's going to be skids. But even last year at the uh, at the All Star break, I'm pretty sure we were still under 500 at All Star. We just had a really good second half of the season, partly due to an easier schedule. Yeah. Um. But it, it's gonna happen. We're we're gonna have like a five or six game losing streak here or there. I'm prepared for it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Um. So, just wanted to ask, who do you think is Batman and who do you think is Robin on this team? Anthony Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns? You want me to answer first? No, that Josh guy. He's been Joshy. quiet through the whole. He's like, been listening I, I, to I film. Think the, the fact that Ant has to make that that step. Like we know what Cat is. We know what he can do. We know his limitations. We're sort of almost waiting for the X factor on Ant. We we've seen him step up over the last couple of seasons. There is almost whether it's the weight of too much expectation or whether there is the accurately putting him pressure on him going. You can hold this entire franchise. You can have this entire city on your back and we're going to go with how well you do. If he ends up, you know, blitzing, he's going to have D'Lo who can facilitate. You're going to have, you know, sort of the, the Robin role of Cat in which he can, you know, sort of... And if he has to put more gas into offense than defense, you've got Rudy back there who can... who doesn't have any offense and can play quite a lot of defense. So... Yeah effectively the team is going to go as far as he can take him i believe anthony edwards anthony edwards yeah. I, I agree i think 
right now, Cat's obviously the Batman, but for us to do what we want to do and what this roster's designed to do, uh, Ant has to be. Um, with Ant, I, I don't question that he's capable, but even last season hasn't really changed too much in the preseason so far. When he's off the ball, he just stands in the corner and watches. Whereas when he's handling the ball, Delo's always involved in some sort of off-ball action on the weak side. He needs mm. to watch some D-Wade uh, highlights. Some tape. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. like slashing, yeah. just getting off-ball, yeah. just trying to make sure... Well, that's sure the that thing, because like, he's an improved playmaker, he's a good floor general, he's going to get more touches than Ant, but Ant needs to get more shots than him. Ant's going to have to do some stuff off the ball. And a, just an athletic... Like, he's got that genes Freak. where he can just pogo stick so oh, yeah. that dunk on Gabe Vincent not counting Ooh. as the biggest crime in recent history <laughs> that's like on the same level as like the King scandal in the early 2000s yeah it's up there for sure I don't know yeah you gotta let that go if you're the ref I agree um, in my view Edwards is Batman almost by default because he's the ball handler um, I think like you said Cat is currently what you'd consider Batman but I don't think that's I think that's just because of experience and because he's like been there the longest for the T-Wolves since 2015, I think it was. Um, but he doesn't have the... I don't know. There's something about Cat where he doesn't have the Batman gene, I guess. I don't know how you would define the Batman gene, but it doesn't He doesn't strike me as having that. Batman would stay in the game without being in foul trouble more often than Cat does. True. No, your Batman needs to be the number one player on... Like, if you are saying this person is a Batman, they have to lead you to a championship. And I don't think with Cat's... Very talented. Don't get me wrong. Incredibly talented. Yeah, but I I don't see him in that Batman role. Yeah. And uh, although the whole Batman Robin thing kind of got a little muddled with like D Wade and LeBron, I think you you got to be you got to be pushing for a championship. Like that's and I think they can, but I do think it's going to be tough for them with how exploitable some of their weaknesses are. Yeah, it'll be an interesting season. They're going to be in the spotlight quite a lot. I don't know how many national TV games they have, but surely more than last year. Um, yeah, that situation I think will be monitored closely by the media because everybody wants it to fail, unfortunately. It's just the nature of you know the Rudy Gobert thing and the big contract. And I'm sure there's some teams out there, uh, going back to the whole thing about how the trade reset the market, I think there's teams out there that wanted to make moves, but because of the asking price going up for all these guys, it's pissed off some GMs, I think. So... I think that's another thing that's going to feed into uh, expectations and what happens. Can I, can I ask you one last question? Phil, do you think the limitations on offense for Rudy Gobert are going to severely limit your ability to punish teams in the postseason? So um, Rudy, like it's been known if he takes two dribbles, he's, he's almost cooked. Like, he's got really no shot. He's not a great free-throw shooter. Are you going to almost exploit that? Are you going to throw your 11th guy out there to foul him half a dozen times? And, you know... I'm I'm going to hit you with a yes and no. Yes, he can do that because, like I sort of touched on before, he's essentially filling Vanderbilt's role. He's got better hands than Vando did. He's a better finisher than Vando was. That he will do better than we had. Um, and then the other half of that is the no, because no, you can't give him the ball. But at the same time, you put Rudy on the roster knowing that that's not what you're asking from him. Um, like, I'm not saying it's a perfect roster. That is a limitation. But I think um, sort of once when we are talking about Cat, the um, phrase I saw using is like moving the goalposts and changing the expectations this far into Rudy's career. 
I'm not expecting him to turn into Hakeem in the post, so you sort of just live with that. Um, How old is he? Do you know? Rudy, late 20, 20s. I want to see. Yeah, he's about 29, maybe. I think so. Um, I'd like to see him practicing jumpers. He seems like the only center left that doesn't shoot, unless I'm forgetting somebody. He was kind of killing KD in the post yesterday. I'll, okay. I'll give him that. Right. It, it's not very nice. He just moves backwards, and he happens to be way stronger than the dude that he finished on him. Yeah. Do they still call five second back to the baskets these days? The Charles Barkley rule? They should, but I doubt it. I mean, for Rudy, it's. I don't think like I've seen one called in a long time. I feel like Rudy long. could get one of those. I'm at gonna some say point. I'm gonna say no because you know every year they got points of emphasis for the referees. I've never seen that mentioned in the last five years, so I just I just don't think it's a concern. But it could be up there. It could be in the cards for Gobert if he's posting up a lot. Seems like a uh, it's not an aesthetically pleasing play to run. All right. The New Orleans Pelicans and Zion Williamson, of course, uh, they re-signed him to a rookie contract extension worth up to $231 million, not fully guaranteed. They drafted Australia's own Dyson Daniels. Yeah, they did. Uh, our good friend here, Joel, is wearing that exact jersey, in fact. Uh, he loves him so much. And CJ McCollum, who they acquired last year, I believe at the trade deadline, agreed to a two-year, $64 million extension. So this is a fresh season with a fully healthy roster. Is this team destined for championships? Hell this no. season they or the future? Championships? Not this year. Not this year necessarily, oh. but... I think they've got the core for it. We're talking two years. I think, I mean, yeah, a couple years. Like Zion, what is it, 27 points a game on 60%. That's oh. an amazing first option. The guy's got to get on the court. He's got to gel with CJ. Got to give Dyson time to develop. Do you think it'll be hard to adjust with CJ? Depends how Zion attacks it. And is it Mike Dagonero, whatever his name is, the coach? He's the Thunder coach. Uh, Who am I thinking about then? Willie Green is the coach. Willie Green, my apologies. God damn. (laughs) I I listened to something the other day. uh, I think it was part of your podcast you did with Pete about how he was a role player and he could accept whatever his role oh, be yeah. on the court. Like everything, you got to give everything time. It's as simple as that. Dyson I think the approach, will, though, will, is sort of just Zion's going to keep doing what he was doing when he was healthy. It's up to the other guys to yeah, get Yeah, exactly, but it's going to take time to adjust to that. And Brandon Ingram will, will be the focal point of that team. CJ will be probably two, and Zion's going to do what Zion does. They brought, they got a rookie like Dyson Daniels, who's a point guard who can play defense. He'll give you a six to ten. He'll get there eventually. He's got to give him a couple of years. Jonas Valanciunas, if he has another year like he did, there's no reason why they can't make the playoffs. There is no reason why they can't be five to eight. At minimum, a, pl- uh, a play-in team, at minimum. Yeah. But let's be realistic. As you guys have both said many times already, it is a very, very deep West. It's going to take time. Everyone needs to buy into the Zion. As long as he buys in with CJ and all the other guys... Anything is possible. I think I think the best situation for them is um, just get in there and have a playoff run, whether it's one round, two rounds, maybe more the first time, but I doubt it. Too. Yeah, and then they've got a bit of roster flexibility. They've got picks. They've got uh, they just extended Larry Nance. They extended extended uh, Valanciunas, and they got guys like Trey Murphy and Kira Lewis. I think for them, the ideal situation is having one of those runs just to get their core a taste of it. Yeah. And then when they feel like they're one move away, then you cash in. I don't know who it's going to be because the league's always changing. Someone's going to be available in a year that isn't even crossing our mind right now. But I think that's what it's going to take for them to actually get to that. It's that one more and then they're there. Hmm. Sort of like Cleveland did. 
I like their roster as it is right now. I, I don't know if, I mean, yeah, a trade could come about that we don't see right now for sure. Guys are going to become available. A bunch of teams are going to be tanking, which we'll talk about in a second, which means there's going to be available veterans. But I don't know who that is for the Pelicans. I like their roster right now. Again, the West is so bloody deep. Like, who knows what's going to happen here? If somebody gets injured, I think, let's just say, using the Lakers, for example, AD misses 20 games, they're going to drop down the standings. It's just the way it is, especially if they're going to start out with a... They're starting out with a tough schedule, the Lakers. If they start to get an easier schedule, it's still not going to be easy because of the depth of the West. So, again, I don't mean to bash on the Lakers specifically, but any team that gets injured is going to open the door for healthy teams. If the Pelicans stay healthy, especially Zion, God, if he gets back to 27 points a game, 60% shooting, that was a remarkable season to watch. Um, he's my favorite player to watch of anybody in the league just because of how dominant he can be. And that leads me into my next question. So who do you think is Batman and who's Robin? Zion or Brandon Ingram? Zion's Batman, but they're, um, I mean, they just got very, very different roles. I think they got to work something out because when they brought CJ in, it seems like they, they brought him in to be the playmaker. Yeah. I personally like Ingram's playmaking. Me too. I think having a 6'9", 6'10", wing handling the ball, that can also create a shot at an elite level. I would rather the ball be in Ingram's hands more than anyone else. And let CJ shoot. Yeah. Fair enough. But also, like, CJ's a good release valve as well. He's a good secondary creator. It should be Ingram to start with. But then you have to ask the question about Point Zion. Is that worth exploring Hell no. in depth anymore? Maybe throughout the season here and there? But I believe in it, but I don't think they're going to look into that. Yeah, and it's it's not necessary with the roster they've got now. Yeah. Granted, when they did try it, who they had? They had Lonzo and... They were a bit thin, yeah. I thought. Yeah. Especially with Lonzo's health and everything. Like, he sort of tried it out of necessity i that guess was, yeah that was a stan van gundy uh decision at the time it's crazy he only lasted one season i remember when they hired him everyone was so excited like stan's back in the coaching role pelicans all the way and then it was just a disaster but um yeah one other thing do you think zion should focus on being an interior force and presence or stretching the floor with a consistent jump shot i think he has the skill set to like I'm not. No one wants to shoot long twos in this in this league anymore. Like <laughs> Except the Rosen, yeah. Oh well, like and you, and you saw how well it panned out for them. So he made. He's been making a living on the jump shot for a long, true, long but time. It's, it's not a, yeah, and you, and you see how much playoff success that's that's gotten both of them. Whoa. So the the element of it is is your big nowadays can handle the ball like. If you put him in a, in a pick and roll situation or a high post sort of um, horn set, you can have players moving where you can't put two players in front of Zion. Now Zion's going to beast whoever they put on him. Like not every team has a Steven Adams. So not every team has a player that they can put in front of Zion and go, all right, play him one-on-one straight up. So I don't think any team has anybody that can guard him, to be honest. I can't think of anybody that'd be able to but keep up with his quickness and also his like bulk what do you think is the best matchup for him i don't know what's going to stop him but is it like a bam someone that is a big body but also mobile and can at least make life hard for him i've thought about i actually don't think there's anybody like a legit there's like bam's i don't think he's strong enough enough. and he's strong as but i don't think he's strong enough but i think denying the ball to get to where zion wants to be i think that's that and if you have someone fall down you know like Zion's going to be fully protecting his knees, his ankles, that sort of thing. Mm. And 
I'm not saying he's going to step out and shoot 10 threes, but if he shoots two or three, you have to respect that because like Cat, Cat can shoot quite a high clip from the three-point line, but can put on the floor. Now you have a guy who can then jump and hit his head on the on, you know the roof. You effectively have a, a system in place. I think their big limitation is going to be age of CJ. That's because he's 31. You is he already 31? Oh, wow. He's 31. You don't know how many more seasons. And especially if they don't have talent coming up behind him or if they don't have Zion making those steps, you're effectively going we only have the next couple years and if you think about the next couple years they may not gain the experience necessary or have the pieces sort of um but yeah like like phil said you don't know who's going to be traded who's going to be available and i reckon it's about like i i reckon they're probably seventh eighth okay or like that's where i put them Um, this season this season i agree so minimum Um, play in Minimum play-in, yeah. I think I can't see them just just with Zion's health. I know it's sad to say I cannot put them going. You know, a one-two just because if he gets that would injured, be crazy. Yeah, yeah, like he he has lost some weight and he's looking better in the preseason. But it is that element of you have to be always forever cautious. Not a bubble wrap, but you're always. How fucking they Wrapping him in Kawhi. Yeah. You think he'll have a Kawhi season? Load management? I think for the first season he won't play eighty two. Yeah. They I will agree. if they get close <clears throat> to playoff level or uh, play in, he'll be a sixty sixty five. I wouldn't even be mad at that though. No. no. No, I don't think a lot of people would be, and I don't think I I I'd have to think of to be honest with you, if Ingram can play eighty, CJ can play seventy seven to eighty you know, Dyson Daniels is young, run young fella. Uh, Valanchunas is, you know, he'll only miss probably 10 games in the season. Yeah. You, you know, your Troy Murphys and your... Uh, We're forgetting about Herb Jones. I just need to point out, like, yeah, already one say, of the best defensive players in the league. He was the next guy, Herb He's incredible. Jones. He was, yeah. he was the next guy. Sorry. That's all right. You know, to be that... He'll, he'll just play. The guy will just play, you know. Um, so, if they can get close to that and then unleash the beast in a... Kind of like what Memphis did, you know, unleashing the beast. They kind of come out of nowhere and went, "Wow, we're gonna we're gonna have a season." Jar's gonna be in the MVP conversation, and we'll just do that. There's no reason why it can't work. There's no reason, and you're looking at it from a business standpoint with all the clauses and everything that we know about in Zion's contract. The ones that we don't know about that are in his contract. Yeah. That, um, his weight, his health, his knees, toes, whatever, the shoe deal he's got to protect his, whatever it may be, you know. Uh, I wonder if he has shoe insurance in case his shoe blows up again like it did at Well, Duke. it did to Grant Williams yesterday, yeah, that didn't was it? Crazy. So that, it, it just went kabloom, but anyway. <laughs> I like well, the Memphis comparison you have for the Pelicans, though. I think that's definitely their ceiling this season, just come out of nowhere. There's no reason why they scene. can't do it. There's yeah, no reason sure. why they can't do it. We'll come out and say, well, we're just going to blow everybody out the park. We'll show all of yours. And just wait for your Kawhis and your Paul Georges and your LeBrons and ADs and all that nonsense. And then we'll just unleash Zion on you and we'll finish sixth and we'll make the second round. And Zion's just got to prove health. Like with a, with a new uh, workout regimen and a new diet and everything, there's a chance he might never suffer a major injury again. But given that he's missed more games than he's played so far, yeah, 
Like, how many seasons does it take of Zion having 65-plus games played for us to trust that? Probably at least two or three. I think I so, like, too. Yeah. At a minimum, two. Yeah. Yeah. My thing, I, I'm still a little bit concerned, maybe irrationally, that Zion and Ingram don't fit well together, even though you would think they should. I think they're a good pick-and-roll combo in the best of circumstances. But I think, it, given there's only one basketball, I think we know CJ is going to take a backup role. Like, not off the bench, but like a secondary role on the... Uh, sort of depth chart in the pecking order we'll call it but I don't know if Zion and Ingram mesh that well I feel like Zion wants to be the main guy but team success I don't think will come from him I think it's going to be Ingram it has to be he's one of the best playmakers already in the league I think he's got size he's got length he's very intelligent great playmaker Um, Zion doesn't have those skills yet and he doesn't have the reps yet either so I think if Zion can take a back a backup role to him Maybe ahead of CJ in the pecking order, I think things will work out. Maybe Zion just ends up being a pick-and-roll guy, but doesn't handle the ball all that much, and that could help him prolong his health over the season, so there's not as much. That could be like load management in still playing, rather than load management of not playing. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. If it doesn't work out, who, do you, who, who would you trade? Let's just say hypothetically, of those two. It's tough, right? That is hard, because Zion's obviously got more value. Does he? He's not healthy. I know he's not. It's youth. Can't teach youth. True. And that... Brandon Minion looks like he's stoned all the time. (laughs) Zion's level of talent too. Like, unless he has another two seasons where it's been what it has been. Like, even right now, I think if he hypothetically were on the trade block, I think you're getting a pretty big haul for him in return. Yeah. Um, I can say the same for Ingram. I I just look at Ingram as, like, the quintessential guy every team wants. The Tatum, Jalen Brown, Paul George, Kawhi, like, the wing that can defend almost every position can create place for others. Get a bucket. Rebounding. Yeah, like he True. can do everything. But it's tough, right? Because Zion has that... He has much higher ceiling. I think we have to go back to his Duke days. That Even his Duke teammates were like, he doesn't have the killer instinct. Like, he doesn't Did have the... Did they say that? Yeah, yeah. Like, a number well, of the players came out and pretty much said that he isn't the... Like, he's a quiet dude. He's a... Um, like, he's quite reserved. It's It's sort of the whole... We tried to make a big deal out of it when CJ McCollum was brought in. There was no communication between them. Yeah. He's not going... Like, he needs someone behind him or facilitating. I still think he can dribble the ball. I still think, as you said, load management. But his ceiling is, in fact, like an Embiid. Injured his first couple of seasons, now in the MVP race. You've said there's not that many guys that you can see guarding him. Yeah. You, you put in that fact of, you know... If he can either get some aggression or even just get reps, I feel like he'll need... I, I can't trade. I could probably trade Ingram and it would you'd need to get back something. But I, I do understand your point of them not maybe gelling as well or them maybe not being a one-two Kobe, Shaq, you know, MJ, you know. My thing is, just, like, we're definitely ahead of our... Like, I'm getting ahead of myself asking that question because there's no way the front office is thinking oh we need to trade one of the yeah, other. they want it to work anytime soon and then they bring in McCollum who's like a really good uh third fiddle but I just I can see it not working I just don't know why I have a gut feeling I don't want it to be that way but I can see it going that Pelicans way Pelicans don't like your negative energy man. is it because Definitely of not. the organization like if they were no. at a better organization would you be like oh like if they were at the Celtics would you be like I can see the Celtics maybe grabbing different pieces and putting them together is it because it's the Pelicans organization? 
No, it's just the fit of the players and the, the way it's it's also what we've seen. But again, that was under Stan Van Gundy, who didn't necessarily have the best strategy for to maximize everybody's potential on the floor. I trust that Willie Green is going to do a better job. I like what he brings. I think Willie Green, again, to the point about how he was a role player, I think he has a, an it factor to make everybody buy in as the head coach. And I think the rest of their coaching staff is really good anyway. I think also I'm hoping that they're a bit – I mean, this could have waned over the offseason, but they're still inspired by how they played against the Suns and they took him to six. I think when you have someone like Alvarado on your team, like he's going to push everybody to be better, kind of like Pat Bev in a way of just like, if you guys don't keep up with me, like I'll see you later, like keep you in the dust. Um, yeah, that'll be an interesting season. Uh, again, getting ahead of myself with the Ingram. Well, I'm trying to see it from your perspective if it's not working, but I, I do think that chance is really small that it doesn't. Because the, sort of the way we just spoke about Ingram and the light we put him in, yeah. sounds like he's almost the perfect complementary piece to another star. Yeah. If Zion is the generational talent that he's meant to be, yeah, I'm not saying it's 100 percent going to work. Like I, you know, I, I get where you're coming from, but also like I think that's a really small chance to start. You're probably right. I think Zion's potential you is headed here first. His ceiling is so high that yeah. you have to consider trying to keep it together. And I think Ingram too. Like I'm not going to call him underrated because he's got his All Star appearances. He gets his recognition, but if he's playing in New York or something, I think you're right. He gets looked at very differently. Um, I think he is underrated, actually. And it's yeah, also because not... of his sleepy demeanor to what you said. Looks like he's stoned. <laughs> I think he's not a flashy sort of like he's not in the spotlight Just all the gets time. It done. He gets it done. Um, Almost like a Chris Middleton, but his game's a little bit prettier. True. Yeah. I That's think he's got his um, Julie serving throw on this season. So yeah. he's, he's oh, does yeah. He? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah, does. he does. Yeah. And when Hoopers rock a homeless look, <laughs> they have a career year. I promise you. I'm about to do it. Did uh, I think Pat Bev had a bit of a homeless look last year? Yeah. yeah. D-Lo's had... doing it. Look out. Okay. All right. Homeless look. Look, let's not talk on NBA fashion because <laughs> some of these people. Eesh. So, all right. Let's move on to everybody's uh, favorite topic, I think, at this point. The Golden State Warriors. Um, they, just to recap what they did, they drafted Patrick Baldwin Jr. Didn't make a lot of noise. They signed Dante. PBJ? They signed Dante DiVincenzo. They signed Jamichael Green. They signed Mac McClung. Not anymore. He yeah, gone. They, they lost him. I forgot to remove that. They re-signed Kavon Looney. I think that was a good move. Yeah. James Wiseman should finally be healthy. Yeah. And this should be a full season healthy from Clay Thompson. And maybe Kaminga's ready to take a leap. Maybe Moses Moody. So they have a lot of potential. Um, first of all, it feels like this season could go in a lot of different directions. I thought about this morning. It feels a bit last dancey yeah with the draymond thing i agree there could be that sort of inspiration maybe steve kerr taps into that in some way i mean th there's no michael jordan necessarily on the team in terms of like psychopathic competitor to to carry them and push you over the top like maybe he that's did. what draymond was well, trying to do <laughs> we've seen what draymond green was trying to do god i just mean like in, in in let's say the warriors make the finals again and it's this last dance situation where like all the pressure's on them and then draymond's gone it's not a perfect comparison but uh, I think Jordan was the, the X factor there where it's like, I'm not going to lose. Like, we're going to win here. You know, does the push off, gets the, gets the shot. I, I see the comparison. But, and like I said, it's not a perfect one because I think the main difference is uh, when, the, when the Bulls front office made those shifts, you didn't get those stars behind it. Steph's not going to sit out. Steph's not going to ask for a trade. I don't think Kuminga's ready right now, but one more year, he's not going to be as good as Draymond. Draymond's a Hall of Famer. But Kaminga can fill that role to an extent. Like, 
I personally wouldn't be surprised if they win again this year and then they're in the conversation next year even with Draymond leaving. Kaminga's going to be like that uh, Andre Iguodala type, I can see. He'll come in, he'll be long, athletic, yam on people. He'll end up taking the best defender once Clay goes and Draymond doesn't have to guard Giannis and things like that. He, you know, to try and mould him into a bit of a Giannis stopper, I guess, to a point. Uh, it's a tall order, but I like what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, but... Well, Steve Kerr just said he reminds him of a young Giannis oh, yeah. the okay. other day. Well, there yeah. you go. See, so there's no reason why Kaminga can't do that. If uh, James Wiseman's going to do anything this year, it's going to be probably off the bench uh, behind yeah. Kevon Looney because of purely defensive and rebounds. The guy's an offensive rebounding king. I don't know what the hell he eats for breakfast, but... He could also start... Like I think Looney is one of those guys you keep around on... He's a championship player in that he's happy to accept his role yeah. either as the backup big or as the starter. Yeah. I would start Wiseman just to give him the reps and the confidence, but uh, I'm not Steve Kerr, so who knows maybe what he's going to do. Maybe against the Kings and the Rockets and the Pacers, maybe. But yeah. With Wiseman, just because like, he got drafted a couple years ago. He's in the same draft classes and in them, but he, he hasn't played. I know. Do you want him to start and play 30 minutes game? Because that extension's creeping up, and if he plays and he's good... Yes, I think money, you're gonna you're gonna play tax. yourself into that situation where you have to pay, overpay, or another team's gonna pay him and take him. Yeah. I don't say I wouldn't play him thirty minutes. They're they're also gonna probably load manage him as well. I think inevitably, even though he should be healthy by now. Um, that's a good point, though. You don't want to over show off. You don't want to show him off too much. For sure. But I don't think he has enough. Like even if he plays well this year, I don't think he has earned that level of contract. I think you could negotiate with his agent or whatever and say, look, you guys barely been healthy. He hasn't shown enough. Obviously his potentials through the roof. He used to be compared to Bill Russell, maybe not so much anymore hmm. when he was coming out in terms of ceiling. Cause he was long defensive, super athletic. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. Maybe- I could see it. I could see it not working out for them in that way though. Cause he's already got a ring before he's legitimately played any minute. So that's ticked off the resume. Um, if you get to his extension and he hasn't done too much for you and you're trying to sort of get him on a bit of a team-friendly deal, but then a team like the Hornets, let's say they didn't get Victor, they still got Melo and nothing around him, they need a lob threat to pair with him. Is a team like the Hornets going to way overpay in restricted free agency? Someone would. Yeah. I mean, his ceiling's too high. Yeah, for sure. But then again, it's the Warriors, so it'll probably work out for them because probably the best front office we've seen in 30 yeah. years. Bob Myers is a magician. I've said it once, I'll say it again, I'll say it even more. He's definitely up there. I just want to come back to, I mean, of course we should talk about Draymond, but uh, just today, uh, this is October 16th, Sunday, October 16th here in Australia. Uh, breaking news, Jordan Poole re-signed uh, contract extension, four years, 140 you got I don't a know bag. if it's I don't know if it's entirely guaranteed. I think it's either one thirty or one thirty five guaranteed. Okay. And then he's got incentives. It's pretty good. Maybe we'll see a Jordan Poole MVP season soon. Sixth man of the year. Uh yeah, probably much more likely than MVP. Uh Wiggins re signed for four years one oh nine. I was really surprised by that contract. That sounds really low for him. That's a good like that's a grab for the Warriors. I, I you agree. would have thought he'd go about the same or more, given he just came off the best playoff run by far of his career. Second best player in the he's, championship team, second most impactful. He's humble. That's it. He's young. Yeah. He's Canadian. Doesn't yeah. have a good agent, is what I'm trying to hear. That's <laughs> probably yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, but not all guys want the money. Yeah. He he got picked overall. He was you know, touted to be this great thing in Minnesota. That didn't happen. He got traded to Cleveland and got said, 
do the same thing. That didn't happen. He finally come to the Warriors in an organization where they built success and they piss ex- excellence pretty much. Uh, yep. He's bought in, clearly bought into what his role is and what he did, exactly what, what McKenzie said in his last podcast. He led the, the playoffs in for the Warriors in rebounds. Yeah. You do the little things, you will get paid. You, 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 you can be Rob Palenka and ask for $160 million, if that's what you want to do, but you're a dick. You don't have to be a dick on a team when you got Draymond or, or Jordan or Dude, Steph. it's not me versus you. I'm using it as a point because in life, in general, not everything's about goddamn money. But do you value pool over him? Like, is yes. that youth? Oh. No, see, this is the the, the three elements that you got to go. Were those contracts signed as a sort of affront to um, you know Draymond? Do you, <laughs> as soon as you sign Pool, are you now almost going? Okay, we can now try and move Clay. Well, I've got a good question about that Pool thing you raise. If the whole Draymond situation didn't happen last week, is Pool's contract this big, and does it happen this soon? Doesn't feel like it. It was like an so. overpay in a way of like, sorry about that. Like, yeah. Quick apology. Don't leave an us. Extra twenty million or but whatever. Tyler Hero got a bag. Why isn't he getting a bag? He won I'm not a championship. He doesn't deserve it. But That's do you a good think point. He made the shot. Tyler sure. Hero didn't make the shot. You're right. He made the shot. That's a good point. Why? So if we're going to talk agents, his agents going, well, my client made the shot. My shot was in championship team. Why is he getting more money than my client? Maybe Jimmy Butler punched Tyler Hero. We just didn't see a video. of Exactly. That. Well, it, that's possible too. But hey, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it because I think. You know, someone was going to pay pull that money if it wasn't the Warriors. Exactly. But if Draymond didn't knock him out last week, do they turn around and do it ASAP? Because we knew he was up for an extension, but I hadn't heard anything about it for the longest time. And then all of a sudden, yeah. The, just to be clear, the agenda before this happened today was to talk about there's four four situations that were happening with the Warriors, and then now two of them have been quote unquote cleared up. So Draymond has a player option at the end of this season. He's gone. Sorry, at the end of next season. Uh, and he's stated he wants a bigger contract, a max extension, apparently, or a max contract. And then also, Clay Thompson is eligible for an extension at the end of this year. And then before today, Poole and Wiggins were also eligible, of course. So now with two of those four out of the way, the Clay Thompson situation, I felt, so my feeling was the easiest path forward for the Warriors was to try to keep, this was also prior to the punch, was to try to keep Wiggins, Poole, and Draymond, and maybe try to move off Clay, even though Clay means so much to the Warriors franchise. You can't have, I don't think that contract is going to help them in any way, shape, or form. Even if he comes back and he's a 20 point scorer, I think you can find two pieces to replace Clay. Even if, like Clay's, you know, game six Clay, he has all the, the reputation of coming through in the playoffs, but I think Clay was the most easily removable piece of the four. Because, and I have this written down here, I can't talk myself out of Draymond not being on the Warriors. I think he's such an integral part of that team. Like, think of the versatility he affords you defensively. He can guard every position. He's the quarterback of the defense. Look what happened when he was injured and he stepped out defensively. The whole core of the defense went. Yeah, that was when there was a bit of panic at the end of the season there with the Warriors. Um, I just think he's so important to that team. But, of course... Things like life moves on. It's possible the Warriors can win without him. Obviously, Curry and Clay and Poole now and Wiggins obviously are that good, and some of the other pieces they have. But I just my feeling is that Draymond is so important to that team. 
I was surprised they just jumped on these contracts, especially Wiggins. I thought they'd wait out the Wiggins thing, and I thought he'd get paid more. But this has worked incredibly well in their favor, I think. I think what I, the way I see it, I think you said Clay's the more movable piece. I would say he's the more easily replaceable. Yeah. But Clay's a lot more likely to, like Draymond's a record saying, basically it's max or nothing for him at Golden State. I can see Clay taking a team-friendly deal. Maybe. Um, Clay, you'll take a team because yeah. you want to play with Steph. He's a lot well, more likely to. He's than clearly got Wiggins there beside him, doing nearly everything he was doing. He's got Jordan Poole coming through. Why not say? Yeah, I'll I think, take thirty-two for two. I think Draymond takes the player options though. While we're on that topic, like, yeah. uh, do you see yeah. any agent not or GM in the league? And a half hey man, now. if you opt out, we'll pay. Yeah, like, no, unless Detroit 30. wants to do a Homer thing, but. <laughs> Josh Smith all over again. That's true, actually. Detroit's... uh, Don't count out Detroit. Uh, Given he's from Michigan. Honestly, I want to bring up as well... The Lakers have the money, they would. Yeah, the Lakers. But I want to bring up... Do you remember a few seasons ago... I don't remember what year it was, but there was rumors of Clay going to LA as well? Yep. Maybe Clay and Draymond go to Los Angeles. He did shut down those rumors, though. Did he? Or was it it his dad? Yeah, his dad, Michael, used to play for him. Yeah, I think his dad wanted to, but when he... um, I think when he re-signed the do like post on Instagram that clip from the Wolf of oh. Wall Street that I'm not leaving and he like captured it never oh, any years doubt ago. or something. Things could change. True. That was years ago. I, I think we're downplaying the caliber of player he is. Like Who, Clay? Clay. Of course. He is mechanically one of the best shooters ever. Top like, three. He his gravity allowed Steph in all these years of the Warriors, has allowed Steph to almost become the playmaker. That He's catch and shoot. Him running off one side, Steph running off another. You literally have to have five players on there to guard these two players. And that's why their bigs get your lob threats. I understand he's getting older. He's injured. I don't think Poole is the caliber of player that um, Clay is. And I feel like you will suffer if you try and put the, the square peg in the round hole. They're different players. I, I kind of agree with in terms of shooting pedigree. Clay is like pretty much 1A or 1B, I would say, shooting in terms of all-time shooters. If not, maybe third. I might put Ray Allen ahead of him. But uh, Clay... No one gets close to Reggie. Who's that? Sorry? Reggie Miller. Yeah. He's below them. I'm sorry. It's hard to gauge those. It's hard to gauge those older shooters too because the attempts weren't there. Like the volume and the distance was just... It's hard to weigh it. Reggie was an outlier in his time. So, I mean, he could definitely fit in today. but, um, But regardless, just on the Clay point, I think he's replaceable in that it's shooting. Like, shooting is a premium asset these days. You can find shooters everywhere. Not saying just bring in Duncan Robinson instead of Clay. Like, that's an absurd ask. He doesn't play defense like Clay. That's the thing I think that's going to be harder to replace than his shooting. But Clay's unconsciousness in terms of, like, he has so much confidence in his shot. I also think that is admittedly hard to replace. But at the same time, I don't think you're going to find another Wiggins, just like as easy as they brought him in. I don't think you're going to find... You might be able to find another Pool, and I don't think you're going to find another Draymond. Oh, no. Dray- Draymond's yeah. intangibles, as, as everyone said. That, that's incredible. His, he is perfectly suited for the Warriors system. Perfectly. Yep. And like there was a lot of talks of him going to maybe a Portland because um, I think you know Lillard was like, we want a Draymond Lillard. <laughs> Draymond Lillard, like... But you, you you have to imagine with the season where everyone was injured, everyone was clowning him as the triple single. Like, 
but when you just see him on a championship team, he literally blew up so much of what the Celtics were trying to do. Exactly. So coach on the floor. Exactly, and and his he effectively took Brown out of out of a lot of his his movements, his actions, and Horford. Yeah, he did a yeah. lot. And and I have to contemplate that if you if you're the Warriors, you go, no, we're not gonna like. Is Draymond enough of a nutcase to go? If you ain't gonna give me the extension, I'm gonna fake an injury or something. I'm gonna <laughs> sit out. Like you you have to or because he's he's now with LeBron. Like yeah, he, he his agency with, exactly. They and, would pull that type of stuff. They did it with Ben Simmons. And and you have to imagine that like not everyone who who gets who, with that agency is getting paid. Yeah. So it is that element of who is willing to pay him at his age forty million. Yeah, but all the nobody, all, all the stuff you said about Draymond just before that is why I think he's so much harder to replace than Clay because yeah. Poole's stepping into that role. They are very different players, but Poole can still shoot, not to that extent, but he'll take him, he'll make him. He can put the ball on the floor, which this last season was the first time Clay's ever really tried doing that, and it didn't look pretty. <laughs> Um, he's not going to be as good defensively as Clay was in his prime. But even last year, Clay looked a step slow defensively, especially in that Boston series. He didn't blow anyone away, and, yeah. and they still pulled it out. Um, whereas if you're asking, like, if Draymond goes, Kaminga's the obvious first one to step in that role, I would say. You're asking Kaminga to be a, a to Hall be of Fame Green. level exactly. defender. Like, that is ridiculous. Whereas Poole, different type of play to Clay, but I still think he fits Steph great. And yeah. has Steph ever had a... Another great ball handler next to him. I don't think uh, so. Yeah, he's had great playmakers with Draymond, but KD. Yeah, it's probably. I mean, that's an elite player anyway. But it's a great point. Um, I just, yeah, like I said, I can't talk myself out of the Warriors without, like, I can't talk myself into the non-Draymond Warriors for sure. And like you say, asking Kaminga to be Draymond is like, and I don't see that with Clay too. If there's any season for him to have a, a drop-off, it feels like this one. I know this is his first off-season actually getting reps up instead of rehabbing, but two major leg injuries, and yeah. he'd be in his early 30s as well. If there's any time for him to start declining, I think it's right now. I'd be surprised if we got another two years of prime clay and then he drops off. I was actually going to go the other way. I feel like this could be a bounce-back year for him and then make it harder for them to make the decision on what to do. Interesting. But you're also it could go the other way as well where he just like... Right. I mean, mind you, I don't expect him to be like a six point per game score. Like he, Clay's going to have a long career because of the game he plays. But yeah. the attraction with Clay is the three and the defense. Yeah. I elite both ways. Yeah, like just the lateral quickness, the athleticism is down from what was already probably below average in the NBA. Yeah, I, I just, I don't think Clay's going to be great defensively. I think he's going to catch and shoot, and that's what he's great at. But if we're just talking catch and shoot, like you said, there's other guys that can do that. Not as well, but a couple of them for cheaper. It's yeah. a hard decision. I think ultimately they'll. there's going to be some sort of sacrifice made unless they decide luxury tax doesn't matter to us. Let's keep paying these guys, including Draymond, and they bring him back on some crazy contract. But I think there's two outcomes that are most likely here. They either leverage Draymond's volatility, meaning they say, look, you're a nutcase, but we accept you as our nutcase. And they bring him back on a team-friendly deal. We'll call it a discount. Or they keep everyone else except Draymond and he gets like a sign and trade to the Lakers or Detroit or one of these teams out there that want a Draymond on their team. And you could probably say that Draymond going to a different team could inspire him to, to get back to being more of a focal point, whereas he's kind of taken a backseat. I don't know why his jump shot has fallen off so, so far, 
Do you remember the the Curry unanimous MVP season? Yeah, Draymond 16, was, he was he, really good shooter or like a respectable shooter. What now, was it mid thirties percent? I think it was closer to yeah, it was closer to forty than thirty. Yeah, crazy. And now he's just a that non game seven where he hit like eight threes. Yeah, it was the best game of his career. Yep. I don't know why he's become a non shooter. I don't know what's happened. Like all you got to do is practice threes. Too much time on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, I think it feels like every year for the last three years there is a period of the season where all the Warriors beat writers and fans and NBA Twitter talking about how he looks out of shape and then he sort of he gets back into it come postseason or close to the end of it but he just could yeah. just be general health and, and fitness I don't know it's a weird situation but uh, but on his contract do you think he'd accept a max but front loaded because front loaded what decreases 5% every year so by the end of it he'd be on low 20s that's a good point even if he's old I don't mind paying Draymond like 21 mil a year because he's Draymond so you just got to suck it up for the first couple of years you only want to do it for two more years though because he's in his early 30s but he wants a max and like we're talking like give four- the man four years he'll want more than pool and give him the 31 or whatever it is well that's what I'm saying but front loaded yeah. for two years and then the next two years oh, okay well, we're going to pay you about 18 I'd, I'd still I'd still go that like for, as you said because if you think of the new bargaining agreement maybe coming in in the next couple of years if we go a, is it twenty twenty six I think it's the end of next year I think so you think if we go through maybe a lockout year even a half year you're not paying the players the full amount you give him a, a front loaded contract he like let's say we get another you know fifty fifty game season we can you could be like yeah we'll we'll pay you a bag and then his 40 million or something is now no longer the full extent like you know yeah a 30 million dollar contract is now okay that's what we have to play our role players our fourth guy as a 30 million dollar guy now tough tough break on him but i think i think <laughs> we all likely, feel really bad for him trust us yeah i feel more likely he's gonna want to get out he's gonna want to show he can get out he's at that age where he's like i've only got x amount of years left I've probably already sacrificed a number of dollars. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my bag. You've also punched a guy in the face. I'm just being the negotiator here. But Shaq like, has just come out and said he punched four dudes. <laughs> you know, like Jordan has come out. There's, there's a number of players like Zebo. Even I, I think no, one of the Soul Brothers just said like there was a number of like it's not just American, it's European basketball. Oh, I'm there's sure a crazy lot of too, fights yeah. as well. I think it's quite common, just given by the reaction a lot of um, players had on on social media like people had their opinions on the Draymond punch but everyone was 10 times more shocked the video got out than the punch actually occurred you're right I could see that happening pretty sure I said that to you when I first got here possibly yeah oh no you definitely did money talks and bullshit walks Phil if you think like I said to Mackenzie if you think stuff like that hasn't happened with Draymond in the last four to five years before yeah Patrick McCall for example just um, a guy that came in and was 13th man and won three rings with two different teams whatever it the was goat. Yep. the goat if you think like a guy like if someone if Draymond's not going to pick on someone like him I think he picked on I I said this to you before off. he pissed he picked, off someone the video the video, the guy that takes the videos videographer or whatever his name is yeah that guy I mean look yeah. I agree it's probably happened before I think he picked on KD a lot because unfortunately I think KD allows himself to be picked on by uh, feeding into it especially on Twitter but um and that w- that's what really bothers me with Draymond sometimes. Now, I love Draymond. Like, he's one of my favorite players in me the too. league. Yeah. But, like, I remember last season talking to some people when it happened. During the finals against Boston, I think he, like, chewed out Wiggins in, like, game three or something for some mistake. 
And it's like, so game three, Draymond hasn't played a good minute of basketball yet in this series. Andrew Wiggins is playing out of his skin to give this team a chance behind what Steph's doing. And you're chewing him out like... Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I would still, in a way, trust that Draymond's saying the right things because he has the championship experience and he knows like what mistakes could make or break a game or a series. But you're right. If Draymond hasn't played up to his own, like even if the standards have lowered year on year, if he's not playing up to that and Wiggins is doing what he can, seemingly playing out of his skin, like Draymond, I don't think Draymond just like, well, literally and figuratively, I don't think he holds punches. So that's where... Yeah, I trust he's saying the right stuff too because his IQ is out of this world for, exactly. for the game. That, but it depends who you're saying it to, like... Time and place. Yeah, yep. let's, but let's KD. also look at it from a, a human perspective, for example. Let's take the professional athlete out of it. Do you respect what I say to you, for example? <laughs> Never. Be honest. Let's go 85% of the time. I'll take 85. That's fine. Uh, we're human. We make mistakes. Draymond is still a human at the end of the day. Sure. What he did was wrong. He has acknowledged it's wrong. Jordan Poole's probably acknowledged that it's wrong. The team clearly has has pushed that it's wrong. But certain it's... people and certain things have said things to either back Draymond or back Jordan. His mother, for example. We both agreed that was idiotic. I'm glad she got involved. That was that really was important. absolutely idiotic. But regardless of that fact, you're right. He's played in a championship team. His IQ's in the right spot. He's been a worker since his days back in Michigan. And there's a chance we're just reading in it into it too much. We all like, could be reading it too much. Like him, said, and, him and Jordan could be like, man, I fucked up. Yep. That's and on me. For real. Yeah. For, for as long as the media want to push this nonsense, let them push it. They're going to ask a question all you year. Want, yeah, yep. you want me? Just pick up the phone. Because like me. you said, they're, they're humans You got a bag, athlete. good man. Sweet as I'm gonna get my bag in the next twelve months. I'm still it's not also, paying him forty five million. No, nah, for sure. But yeah. it's also like, like you said, me Joel, neither. But like you said, that they're humans beyond the athlete. But it's also their job too. Like all of us, we've always like you don't like all of your coworkers. True. Granted, we're not in an environment where we punch them and get away with it. But as we've seen from the responses, that might be normal in the NBA. But I think it's I've more never normal. Quit a job just because I didn't like a coworker, so I don't see necessarily either of them. It's true. I don't think it's abnormal for fights to happen. Like, full stop. That's People are competitive. As we were saying, Joel, earlier, it's a bunch of testosterone, especially Draymond, who probably, yeah, he's over the top. But, uh, yeah, that's a weird situation. But, again, just something I did see or hear. So, Ryan Rosillo did point out, he made a really good point. He believes that players get over these issues faster than the fans do and the media because the media well first of all the media needs to propagate drama and storylines generate clicks that's the model for their business the fans want to believe either if you're rooting against them that the drama is ongoing and they're going to tweet at draymond who'd you punch today what's going on today jordan how's that black eye going like that type of stuff whereas like right now, Draymond and Jordan Poole could be having a glass of wine together, chilling out. Everything could be cool. Laughing their asses all the way to the bank. Possibly. Maybe not Draymond as much as Jordan, but he, yeah. He'll get there. Yeah. He, like yeah. I said, it's human aspect of it. Yeah. You, you think you might not be there right now, but he could be there later. Similar situation in real life with individuals that just like play for us, for example. Yeah. There's guys that want to get to that next level, but they're not there yet because they haven't had the coaching or the experience or whatever it is. We're talking real life for a second. Yeah. That you have to work to get there. Jordan Poole's been in the league short minute and Draymond's been there for a while. So you kind of got to respect the guy for what he said. 
yeah. At the end of the day, I think the team's more likely to keep him than not. But yeah. it's definitely possible. I don't know why I'm just I'm really intrigued now by him going to Detroit because he's from Michigan. That would make sense. I wouldn't hate You're it. You're not wrong. Like, and Detroit's on the up and up. Like, they've got a talented young roster. Why wouldn't Draymond want to play for them? And if you're Draymond and you want to leave Golden State, but no one's going to pay you, maybe that's your value is getting one of those teams into a playoff spot. Yeah. I'm going to bring the championship intangibles, that type of stuff. For sure. He'll talk it up. Um, One last thing on the Warriors. How many more MVP caliber seasons do you think we have from Steph Curry? Four. How old is he now? 34? I think he's 34. Yeah, 34. Maybe 35. Give me two or three. I think, not saying it will happen, but I think he's going to be good enough for long enough for them to get ring five, maybe six, at least be in the mix to to get that. I think, like, you know my opinion on Steph. To me, easily top ten all time. Granted, I'm younger than all of you, but greatest point guard ever, in my opinion. I... Whoa. We can agree to disagree, That's but he's take. in the conversation. Yeah, we'll agree to disagree. He's in 100% the in the conversation. I'm not yes. mad if you take Magic Johnson, Yeah, but to me... Like, as long as Steph Curry is in the Warriors jersey, I'll never count them out. Yeah. Until he has one season where he averages 19 and they win 35 games, then I'll then I'll bring it back. But I don't see that happening until, like, yeah. 38 years old. Yeah. I can see maybe, honestly, maybe one more MVP season from him, like, where he's legitimately a candidate. I think he'll still age really well but not be MVP, just to answer that question. But the point I would make overall with them is if Steph... To your point as well, Phil, if he's on the team, you can't count them out because of his leadership and his leadership style. He's so often compared to Tim Duncan in terms of like being a connector, brings everybody together. He's humble and everybody else has to fall in line. If Steph Curry is as coachable as he is, you have no excuse. If you're anybody else on the team, unless you're Draymond, I guess, he seems to exempt himself from all rules. But I think, uh, yeah, at least one more MVP season. I can see him getting one more ring, but maybe not. I think it's... Probably more. worth noting too, the the sort of number of one, two, three that come, we're coming up with is, I would say partly based on what we've seen from other players of that caliber in the past. True. Longevity is only going to increase more and more over time. It's going to hit a certain point where you know players aren't going to be playing when they're 50, but LeBron was drafted in 03 and he spent a million bucks on his body and he's had the best medicine and recovery and all this stuff to have a 20 plus year career. Think about these players that are drafted five, six, seven, ten years later. I, I like. Uh, I think we're eventually going to start to see it to be a bit more common for the top players in the league to play into their later thirties, then rather just thirty-five and drop off. Yeah, not saying it will happen, but it's, I think it's worth thinking about. He's a special player. Yep. The only way I see him dropping off, just due to the fact of his game, is if he gets another major injury. Like yep. if he if he screws up one of his ankles or he has another broke like but even with a broken wrist he still came back yep. and absolutely dominated the Celtics. So you think about it, he could still like in the MVP race is all about it's not about the numbers, it's all about the story, the narrative. Yep. It's a bit He's, of both, but you're right. Yeah, he, it's he a big could, part of it. He could effectively still play for the next four years. And what is the the drop off for Steph? Because Obviously, he's got a, a game that will age really well with his shooting. Does he be on the ball less and just become an off-ball shooter? I think or so. like is it dad. the opposite where he can't run as much, so then he's sort of like a pick-and-roll machine and they go a little bit more heliocentric, but not to the extent of like the Trey Youngs and the Lucas? I think, I think that's he, probably more taxing on his body. He could age a lot like... Or he could age into a career a lot like his dad. Yeah. Maybe not like strictly a spot-up shooter like his dad, Del Curry, but I think he'll become more of that 
on he could yeah they could bring in maybe another guy joins the team maybe LeBron goes to the Warriors although that's a lot of age and Bronny um, but yeah I could see Curry falling into a secondary role uh, on a future championship team maybe getting a few more rings his, his game's going to age well I don't think there's any question unless he gets injured and that kind of leads me into the next team I wanted to talk about the Brooklyn Nets and partly because KD to the Warriors I think is still on the table but let's not go there first um, they the Brooklyn Nets traded for Royce O'Neal which caused a big stir I don't know if you guys remember Brian Windhorst did his thing which was hilarious uh, they also signed TJ Warren they re-signed Nick Clax- Claxton sorry uh, center they signed Markeith Morris and Joe Harris is returning from injury is either or both of Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving about to be traded what do you think no, I'm going to go with no. Not right yeah. now. I think they're going to run it. They're going to run it and see how it goes with Simmons. They're yeah. gonna, they'll see how we go. It's too much talent to not give it a shot. hundred percent. You've all of the, got a trial and error. And all of the stuff that makes me sometimes want to bet against them, nothing of it is to do with on-court stuff. It's always you know Kyrie off the court, Ben and KD. Um, I think I asked you this question a while ago, Mackenzie. But have we ever seen a team? with such a big disparity between their ceiling and their floor. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they win a ring. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose in the first round. It's I was going to really say miss the playoffs. Like, depending that, on how the season goes. Yeah, yeah you're right. The, it's the widest variance I think I've seen but ever. This roster, like we even saw in the, a couple preseason games, Joe Harris hasn't shot amazing because he's coming back from ankle surgery, was it? I think it was, yeah, ankle or something with I his legs. Like wrist. Oh, maybe something like that. But the looks they were getting him just by having the three stars on the court. He airballed a few and he couldn't shoot, but he was wide open. Seth Curry didn't play in those games that I watched. Like, yeah. they are going to get those guys. Like, I don't even think Ben's going to be one of their top three leading scorers. I wouldn't be surprised if Seth Curry's their third leading scorer for the team. I agree with that, yeah. Their biggest hole, I like, I've been on the of the belief that Ben Simmons could be a small ball five closer to full-time than part-time. He will be this year. I think so too, but... He sort of got dogged by uh, so, some other teams the other day. and He was defending Giannis, all right, but Giannis is also kind of unstoppable. You can only do so much. Yeah, what, like, did he, what did he do with Giannis? He had... Uh, he held him to... Is it four points and two of 16 or four of 16 shooting? Like I've seen a meme. I'll prove it. I'll find it. Um, <laughs> in 38 minutes of court time or something like that. Okay. Yeah, he, he did really minutes. well against him. But he, he played really, really well. And then he fouled out the next game and with, what, two points, two rebounds. Six assists or something. Six will, assists with... 38 minutes or something I'm going to give I'm going to give Ben the benefit of the doubt in that uh, in that Minnesota game um, because the, the whistles were crazy like Jaden McDaniels had five fouls in what felt like a quarter and a half they were just blowing whistles every other possession Not great. didn't matter who you were <laughs> but um, yeah I, the, the biggest hole is the five because Claxton's not strong enough to bang with some of those guys Ben can but you know it it comes to those guys that you can't stop, but you want to at least make it hard for them. Is Ben going to make it hard for Joel? Is he going to make it hard for Giannis? He did in, in one preseason game. Whether or not he makes it hard for Joel, I want to see that matchup. Joel's Hell going to want to yeah. destroy him. That would be, that's yeah. must-see TV. He's going to be like, I'm going to drop 40 and 15 on your ass. Ben's going to have a mental health issue that day. You can count on it. Or a back injury or both. Sorry, can't make it. Joel's in town. LOL, I'm out. Yeah. I think so. Or he'll be advised by Clutch. It's not good for his brand. Question with the Nets. <laughs> I, I saw someone ask this question about the Lakers, but I'm going to make it about the Nets. If you had to bet, you have to pick one, $500. Are you betting on the Nets winning the championship 
or losing in the first round, which one are you going with? I'm going to say losing in the first round. Uh, the element of their entire system, as opposed to someone like the Lakers, I know we keep going back to the Lakers, this, the team that is constructed right now, you could have an entirely different team come the end of the season and it could still be constructed fairly well. You could trade a KD. You could trade maybe not a Kyrie. You could trade a Ben Simmons. They they have so much variation in what their team could be. And I know KD was like, trade me, trade me, trade me. And, you know, all the Kyrie and Steve Nash crap. You effectively still have a whole lot of trade value in those players. 100%. And if Ben comes out and by halfway through the year, he's what? We go... 10 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists. I'm sure a team could be like, yeah, we, we, we want that on our roster. And if you blow it up, you're going to be like, well, let's, let's make sure we get all the trades going. I feel like, as you said, they could miss the playoffs, but they've traded, they have, you know, they've traded KD, they've traded everyone. So you're like, or you could, I, I don't see them as, I see them probably three, second round, probably the best, like, I can't see them as the best in the East. I can see that. For me, if I had to pick one of the two options I'd gave, I think I'd probably go championship. Yeah, even I though, tend like, to agree. Yeah, which like... Out of pure skill and ceiling and, yeah. you know, yeah. That's the thing. Like, uh, Such Steve a tough Nash question. Is the most, let's assume there's full health. Steve Nash is the most questionable asset on this team. If they're all healthy and playing, I'm not worried about... Like, especially in a playoff series... I don't see many teams outplaying a, a, a closing lineup of Kyrie, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, KD, and Ben. Like, that is an insane lineup. Yeah. And to Steve Nash's credit, the way he's been using Ben in the preseason is quite impressive, just with some, like, DHOs and pick and rolls, Patty Mills getting some of the other guys open. Like, Ben gets guys open. He gets amazing looks for his teammates. Yeah. It's the other stuff that Steve Nash might not be the best at. Yeah, I would lean towards first round than championship but it's not a easy question to answer or to be confident in the answer of the only like what you'd say the box 76ers are the only teams that you would possibly see being at the top of the east boston you have to consider uh, boston yeah i, I consider boston but I if Boston's all three of them are good like i feel like they have enough to rival or get past boston uh, if all three teams are going at full goal I, I consider probably the 76ers and um, Bucks ahead of them. So if they're an eighth seed, like let's say Kyrie only plays 40 games because he's, you know, whatever. Flat earth. Yeah. You you get to a point where you're like, crap, we have to push ourselves to a fourth seed so that we only see them in the second round yeah. or whatever. Some of those top teams in the East, because I'm going to throw Boston in the mix too. I originally thought that the whole email situation, which we don't have to get into if we don't want to, but I thought that would hold them back a bit. But a team that was just in the finals had one of the better off seasons in the league improved their roster drastically the Gallinari injury sucks because they needed a 40% catch and shooter yeah um, but apart from that like and, and I can't remember the interim coach's uh, name off the top of my head but nobody does it's all good yeah but basically what I'm hearing about him is that very similar to Ime and most people are saying you probably won't see a difference with the Celtics this year based on how they play. Same philosophy, same everything. Ime's got a bit of that, like, punch you in the mouth at halftime if you aren't. That's what I think they'll miss the most for sure. Yeah. 
because this is what got them through the season. I think in the middle of the year, they looked at themselves in the mirror. I'm sure Ime was yelling at them every time they lost, and they were playing like shit in the first half of the season last year. But I just think the, yeah. That first half was partly due to guys missing games to um, health and safety and all that stuff. And historically, Boston is a team that cares about the regular season. I don't see that changing. I think Philly's going to try being a monster. I wouldn't be surprised if they chase the first seed. Yeah. Boston's going to be up there. The Bucks, I don't see them really caring, but when you have Giannis, you're probably going to be a top three seed unless he misses 20-plus games. He so. wants to win. I think He's Giannis will be full full tilt this year. Just in terms of what you were, I think what you were talking about, the East at the top is tough, and so to put them ahead of those teams I think is hard. To put Brooklyn ahead of those three at least, and then you have the Cleveland, Chicago, Toronto... Uh, I'm forgetting somebody, but all these teams at the top, Brooklyn's not better than them as a team, but as a talent, from a talent perspective, they have to be considered. That's but what I don't makes think it hard to gauge enough. too, because yeah, because like we're saying that their ceiling is championship, but then we're not confident enough to put them over those top three teams, and then we're talking about them in the mix with teams like Cleveland, Toronto. You have to be better than those teams to have a shot. Yeah. So it's it's a weird team. Like I don't know the last time we saw something like this. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, th- I don't think there's any question, for example, this might sound a bit homerish, but the Raptors are a better team than the Nets are. But the talent in a playoff series, like, it's hard to bet against Brooklyn. It really is. Like, Toronto's a lot better coached, though. That's... They are, yeah. But then you have, like, the KD factor, Kyrie if he's available and healthy, uh, and Ben Simmons if he's going full tilt. I don't know. It's tough. I don't think they're going to win the title, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they're in the, you know, the Eastern Conference Finals at least. It's, yeah, like you said, Phil, the widest variance of any team by far, by far, maybe ever. They could, yeah, the team could implode around the trade deadline, and then we're talking about them getting Victor. Like, it's crazy. That's a stretch. Why do you say that? They'd have to really throw in the towel to even be considered for Victor. Utah and Spurs, Yeah. leading in. Utah and Spurs, they're going all in for Victor. And I told you this the other day, all of you in the group chat, if Greg Popovich does not get Victor Wanamaniana, he's out. He's retiring. He's had enough. I do believe, though, like I think I said this to you guys the other day, I think when it comes to All-Star break, any team that's under 500, they're just going to go for it. Um, I, I think it's interesting. We're even going to see, like the play-in's been a great addition for the sake of entertainment so far this year. I think this year that's going to take a step down because... Let's say I'm a team like Indiana and I sneak into the 10th seed. I'd rather have my 2% chance at Victor than try and make the first round and get swept by Philly. Yeah. But we spoke about Indiana's owner. More ticket sales if you get a playoff series. So. Just one other thing on the Victor thing with Brooklyn. That's a big market. So Brooklyn could chase him in the fact that even if they don't have a high draft pick, they have assets that a team with that pick may want to trade for. So that's something to consider as well. Does, the does, does only way that that would happen would be if KD or Kyrie or Ben said, well, I'm happy to, I want, I'm happy to play in Utah. I'm happy to play in San Antonio. I'm happy to play for a load... The, the Kings, the Pacers. KD back to OKC? The OKC how many assets OKC, OKC has? OKC will not be that low. I do not believe they'll be They're going to be trash this year. I don't think they'll be as low as what you think they'll be. I really don't. I think they. I, I don't, really don't. I think they will purely because hot take. If it's anything like, it. if it's anything like the last two years, if they're better than a bottom three team, oh, Shay, your knee looks a bit swollen today, man. I think exactly. you should rest for the week. Like that's yeah. their best guys. Like Josh Giddy, carry us for what that's worth. Yeah, and I love Josh Giddy, but he's not gonna. They're not sneaking into any 
play-in tournament or whatever, this team will be hot garbage, and they're going to be going for Victor. There's no question. Or, like I just said, Brooklyn may or another team, not even just Brooklyn, may have the assets uh, to offer a pretty nice trade. Now that I take a second, it's probably the only team that KD would probably go back to would be okay. So. I can't see a trade like that happening purely because I don't Me remember neither. if it was the KD trade or the Donovan trade, but I had this conversation with someone um, before it happened. You sort of send a message to potential free agents and stuff if you send your franchise player to a team like Utah when he clearly wants a chance at a ring. Like if I'm an NBA player and I'm looking at my options and Brooklyn offers me a contract, you just sent KD to Utah a year ago when he wanted to go to Phoenix. I'm not signing with you guys. That's actually pretty big. That's a fair point. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's the way it should be, but this whole player empowerment era... But you look at how guys. Treat they're also the, looking at it as a business. They don't. They're not looking at it as a, from a player like Danny Age following sure. up Utah. For sure. You don't care about Rudy and Donovan and all that. We don't care. You want to go to New York and play for the Knicks? I'm going to send you to Cleveland. But you do. You do worry. I don't about care what, about what you think. Uh, it was a prime example what Danny Age did to Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. The prime example. The NBA is a business. It is for sure. not about you and who you want there might be certain individuals and certain gms and but not every gm is as ruthless as danny i totally agree with you that's what i'm saying there's there's a select group that a lot the bob myers the the jerry krauss started it all years ago with all that he had michael jordan scotty pippen for christ's sake and look what he did that was a hot mess and we all seen it 20 years later but it's a business and it's everything to do in life your money talks and bullshit walks you're 100 percent right about it being a business but if you're not a danny ainge i do think every other gm cares to an extent of how players view your association how many teams are there in the nba i i, I totally agree with you from a human perspective 100 because as a player you have to think at it as an individual will this team have my um heart and and my pa- De- demar Derozan. That man put absolutely everything he possibly could into a Raptor and the Raptors uniform. And sure. then Masai Jury turned around and went, sorry, dude. Yeah. I just we want to get Toronto I ain't turning to Kawhi. Has Toronto signed a big player since? Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, but you have to look at it from the bit more business perspective now. No, I agree with that. I'm from a team perspective, one million percent. But I think whenever a player gets traded and they... I don't know if you guys listen to many of the off-court stuff, like the interviews, the press conferences, the podcasts, but it seems like every player that's been traded or gets asked about a trade or requests a trade, the first thing they say is, this team can trade me at any point they want. Why can't I do this? And I think that's the same thing. Like, yeah. New York's an attractive place to live. Mind you, it's, you know, Brooklyn's not Manhattan, but you can live there. You can, it's Philly's not too far like JJ Reddick did. Yeah. Um, so I might want to live there for the for that reason, but, if they just traded KD to Utah after asking to go to a contender, I think about that differently as a player. From a business, you're 100% oh, right. I agree with what you're saying, 100%. Yeah. My thing is, like, we're, we're, I don't know if... like You make extremely valid points about that, Phil, and I think that does play a factor. Isaiah Thomas, extreme example yep. of like, oh, you're injured and you're, you're damaged goods, but we can get Kyrie. All right, let's get Kyrie. DeMar DeRozan, uh, you've been pretty disappointed. We have a chance to get Kawhi. Let's do this. I don't think every single situation has the same... Like, the, I don't think you can put them all in the same box. I think the KD situation is pretty unique where arguably the best player in the league asks for a trade and he wants to go to a contender, which makes sense. 
but I don't believe it's more of the agents. I think where the agents, and we saw this with Jordan's uh, agent. I can't remember his name, but he would threaten other GMs, being like, "If you don't treat my player, not even just Jordan, but my other players well, my clients, then I'm gonna make life hell for you." So I think the agent is the important thing. So I don't know if KD's agent, Rich Rich Kleiman, has that sort of mm. mentality or pull. Yep. Um, but I mean, again, it is KD. You'd want to make him happy and. Maybe to your point, Phil, maybe that bleeds out into the other players going, look how Brooklyn treats people. That's pretty pretty terrible. I don't know. It's a tough situation. I just want to say one last thing about Brooklyn. I still think he's getting traded to Phoenix, despite what's been happening in Phoenix with KD Robert Sarver. To Phoenix. Yeah, because... so Sort of feels inevitable, doesn't it? It feels like it. DeAndre Ayton is eligible to be traded according to his contract on the 15th, after the 15th of January next season. Sorry, next year, 2023. They have the best available package. I still hold out faith that the Raptors can offer a nice, <laughs> sizable package. Maybe not Scotty Barnes because I love Scotty. Don't trade Scotty. No way. Pascal, OG Ananobi, maybe Precious, draft picks. That's pretty good. Again, Brooklyn wants to continue to be a contender, I'm sure. But I don't know. The the KD to Phoenix trade feels almost like an inevitability at this point. Only thing I do think sort of against that. Because with, with Phoenix, I think a big part of their... Tra- I mean, A, obviously you're getting Kevin Durant, so you consider it, but Aiden doesn't want to be there. Aiden's not happy, all that stuff. A big reason he wasn't happy there, w- there was because um, Sava didn't want to pay him. He's going to have to sell the team now. Yep. And he has, despite all the stuff that was going around in media day, most recently in post-game stuff, he's had a bit of a better attitude. He said he's working on rebuilding that relationship with Monty. Um, one thing a lot of people don't talk about, but I, I think I remember hearing something... Uh, after their sort of downfall last season, that he doesn't like Book very much. Apparently, Book and Monty on him too much and all this stuff. Um, maybe I'm making that up in my head, but I swear I've read that. Also, there's also stuff about how he stays up gaming till like 4:30 a.m. You would think that so. Chris Paul would be on to all that. I nonsense, think Chris Paul though. would be the painful one. But That's I what think, I thought yeah, too. Uh, you know, being the, the the worker and the. But Chris Paul gets bigs paid, so maybe he doesn't want to be on CP's bad side. True. Yeah. True. True, you're certainly not wrong. We can speculate all day, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Phoenix is you another know. interesting one. Like I, I won't talk about them for that, too long. So that's you your. Got uh, is that your hot take? Is it? I guess I don't feel like it's that hot. Phoenix is just interesting because like they were so so good in the regular season last year. Incredible. Not to the same extent as Brooklyn because they're going to be a playoff team, but they've sort of got a wide disparity. Because yeah. whenever I I still haven't put together my Western Conference standings because it's too hard. But when I put them in, I, I put them at like 14, 15, uh, 14, 15, 4, 5. Um, but they won like, what, 64 games last year? Like, to be in that range, they'd have to lose at least 10 more games than they won. Yeah. And for a team whose roster hasn't changed that drastically, that feels like a massive drop-off. But Everybody there's else so much, has gotten better. There's but so yeah, much, like, there's that, and there's, I feel, I still feel like there's so, so much gauge. stink from the playoff exit. That was one of the worst that was crazy. performances I've ever seen. I watched the whole game. I could not believe what I was watching. It was absurd. That the meme. Luca smile. Yeah. yeah. That meme. That picture is great. It sits with everybody. <laughs> Have you guys seen <laughs> that video? If I wanted a white man to kill a Sansa. <laughs> Have you seen that video on YouTube? <laughs> it, it popped up in my um, recommended the other day, but it's like uh, Chris Paul hits massive three to cut lead down to yeah, 37 yeah, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. My The weirdest thing of all that, I mean, among many things, was after the game, Monty Williams says... I didn't have the team ready to play. It's game seven. 
How do you as the coach need to get players ready for a game? I feel like it's on the players. So why were the players so – did everyone have COVID? Like there was a rumor, rumor about that. Did everybody – was there like a Draymond-esque fight in the locker room? Like what happened? There needs to be a 30 for 30 on this. We Chris may Paul. never know. It's a 64-win team that got destroyed. Chris Paul does not show up for game sevens. Barring one season against the Spurs. That's big for a man who used to play for your Rockets. Look, look, and he, he, and... Your Rockets would have a ring if he stayed healthy too. Look, look, yeah. no, 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 because so. we well, shot literally 30, look, we're getting off topic, 33s we missed, some stupid amount. Can you trust him in the next two seasons? Chris Can Paul. you trust Chris I Paul wouldn't. to stay healthy for the I next I wouldn't, two personally. It's just, there's too many things that have, he's got too much evidence of no versus yes. I like CP. Like he's one of my my favorite players. But even not just that point with the age, you're gonna want to move on from him yeah. before you get. Like even when CP's thirty seven or how old is he now? He's like he's thirty six. Thirty seven, I would say. So, yeah, he's thirty six. Oh, he's he's like not long. Okay, under, so even uh, like LeBron next yeah. season, the year after when he's like thirty seven, thirty eight. I think he's still valuable, valuable enough to do what he did in OKC with another team. Like we're sort of talking about Draymond doing with Detroit potentially. Yeah. I want to, even if it's not much value, I want to get something from CP instead of him just retiring. Yeah. So I think it's... That's just good business. Yeah, you're I think right. it's inevitable that that partnership breaks up at some point. And it might not... Like, it doesn't have to be an ugly one, but I think they will just go their separate ways. I just... Yeah. The last thing I'll say on Phoenix is, like, the stink of last year, Robert Sarver, maybe a new owner comes in and everything's hunky-dory. Who knows? And I know that actually, actually wants to pay their players. Yeah, but actually <laughs> wants to, yeah, make their players happy. Um, not cut costs and cut corners here and there. Um, I just don't see the Phoenix thing going well. And then I think that's going to lead into a trade for KD, almost out of desperation. But it also depends on Brooklyn being in that mindset and not playing well. Yep. Yeah. You just need both teams to severely underachieve. But if yeah. that does happen, I think it's a given that it's all something in the cards, goes baby. on there. Underachievement central, those teams. So last storyline you should keep an eye on this year is the race for Victor Wembanyama. It's become a pretty hot topic recently. I personally wasn't super sold on him until those last two showcase games, which again, I don't want to read too much into two games against, let's just call it mediocre talent or, you know, inexperienced talent amongst everybody that was on the floor of those games, but he was killing it. Like this guy looks like the he next made generation. It look so easy. He looks like a taller KD. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he can protect the rim. Probably he could be the best rim protector in the league when he joins. Uh, kind of like Rudy Gobert with a jumper. Um, with skills on the perimeter. I mean, as Woj mentioned, there's going to be a historic tanking season this year. I think at least, at least five teams are going to be buying see for Adam services. Silver asking teams not to tank? Oh, my God. <laughs> what does he expect? That's so naive. It is. He should... I mean, I'm not saying just let everybody tank, but, like, look what's on the horizon. Maybe he doesn't care and he just had to say that to tick a box. That's a good point. Yeah, play the game. Yeah, He's Adam not Silver. David Stern, but I see what you're saying. No, you're right. There's almost a responsibility when you're the commissioner. Like, you can't just... You can't be like Popovich and brutally honest all the time. Like, it's not going to fly. Or sit back and cop the nonsense and then have to come out and do a press report on it. Let's get a, let's get on top of this. Let's do this. I'm going to say this. We know that Utah... We know that Spurs, maybe the Kings, Pacers... Who else have you got in your other team there? Did I hit them? Yeah, I've so... Got- we have OKC, Houston, oh, oh, sorry, OKC. Utah, apologies. Indiana, Orlando, and, well, maybe not Orlando necessarily, but the Spurs. I'd like to throw, yeah, maybe, a, again, hot take, but Brooklyn in there if things go really crazy. But that's those are the main six 
OKC, Houston, Utah, Indiana, Orlando, San Antonio. I just on the Adam Silver thing, I do want to point out he does still work for the owners. So not every owner is going to be happy about this, like tanking. That probably means less revenue for everybody and uh, all the business oriented people, such as the Pacers owner. Yep. He might just be like, where's my money? Like, I don't care about who's tank. I mean, I do care who's tanking. That affects my bottom line. Which is so unfortunate because that's the team I want to see, Victor. I touched on it before. That is the number one it. team I want to see in there. Yeah. Who do you guys... So we know who you want. Who do you want Victor to go to? I want him to, to go to the Spurs. I'd like to see him have a year or two under Pop. Pop's one of the best coaches ever. I'd really like to see him go and play for the Spurs. In saying that, if the Spurs don't get Victor and they get Scoot, maybe he'll hang around for a year or two. But... I know what he's come out and said, you know, my best player on my team this year is what, uh, Kelvin Johnson and Jakob Pertl, please. They'd be lucky to win 20 games this year. It's, it's Victor or bust. It really is. And without bias, Josh, who do you want to see? He's sitting there with the, the, Biggest grin on his face right now. Look, I, um, I'm wearing my Houston gear. For context, a Shane Battier jersey. Shane Battier. True Look, loyalty. Look, and I, the yeah. shoes, the color match. Well, these are Steph shoes. But anyway, I feel like we're too good. I feel like... Uh, not, and and it's, it's good enough to not be the bottom. Like, we were competing with OKC last year. OKC effectively haven't really gotten that much better. Um, I feel like we played so many... Like, we got rid of Christian Wood. Uh, like, we may not be better, but I still feel like we just we just have a bit more talent than the Spurs, a bit more, like... Yeah. To that point, though, ever since they introduced the new lottery odds, the worst team hasn't got the number one pick since. So even if you finish fourth, fifth, sixth in the league you just want to be in the mix I'm just hoping yeah. we get that Yao Ming you know that, that like didn't the Pelicans jump up from like pick 10 to 1 or something for Zion like yeah it was like 9 crazy. to 1 yeah, yeah you're but right. it was like Orlando when Orlando I think it was Dwight I think they were 6 I think that was like they one of the biggest the worst yeah yeah right. that was one of the biggest jumps at that point in time to get Dwight but like Cleveland how many picks did they get in a row Remember, and they um, weren't tanking and they still got the first pick was it the Bobcats that won like 7 games to get AD <laughs> And, and ended up with MKD. the second game. Ended up with Emeka. No, no, no. Michael. Michael uh, Kidd. Oh, Michael Kidd. Uh, and I liked him, but he he penned into exactly who he was. Like, he was the same player throughout his career that he was in college. He's just a defensive guy, gets rebounds and dunks. And it's like, he was brought in to be like a, a leader in the locker room and stuff. And it's like, yeah. anyway, that's another story for another time. Um, one other thing with Victor. I did want to pose the question. Who would you guys not trade right now? For Victor Weminyana. If you're any any player, any GM in the league, I have a list here. I'll just just to give some context because I like this exercise. Zero chance I'm trading Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, Luca, and I have Tatum as a question mark. Booker, no Steph. I wouldn't be trading. I'd Booker consider either. trading Steph. No way, I wouldn't be trading. But Steph But this either. is the thing. I don't know if I'm overhyped on Victor, and I, Steph's my favorite player in the league right now. I would consider trading Steph because Steph is aging and Victor's the future. It's that simple. I'm, I'm with the hype on Victor. Like everything that has been said about him, or that can be said said about him, has been like there's, there's nothing else you can add to it. Like he, he is it, but barring any injuries. 
which is another thing. So I don't know if we've That's seen. That's the other thing too. Yeah. Being that tall, he's bound to have a yarming foot problem. Let's well, be real. Because how many guys seven foot one or over with such a high usage have had good luck with health? Like there's like the six eleven seven question mark guys like Giannis, KD, even KD. Shaq's really the only person I can think of that kind of didn't have any major foot or ankle or knee problems. Yao did, Greg Oden, Joel Embiid. Ralph Sampson. Ralph Sampson. But I mean, injuries are a question mark with a lot of prospects. Um, I think the... If I'm a GM, I'm taking the risk. I'm going to pick him. I don't know about trading, like I said, the guys I mentioned, because that's crazy. But it still feels like he's... His ceiling is so high to basically be the best player in the league that you have to consider it to me. Steph is a question mark, although I'd consider it. Tatum is a question mark because, like, like I was saying before, he's one of those guys that every team wants. The middle of the pack, sort of 6'8", six, 6'9", six, uh, can do everything on the floor, and he's a go-to option to score. But Victor, is, his ceiling just so high. I don't see why yeah. teams wouldn't consider trading except the guys I mentioned who are like locks. Look, if I'm a if I'm a legit contender come All-Star break, then I wouldn't trade my guys for that, but like I sort of said before, if you're anything but, you may as well just go for it. Mm. Like yeah. there's no point being a 6th seed this year. Someone has to be. That's the thing. All these teams historic tanking, we're going to see it. There's no reason to be shy about it. He's so the, even Scoot Henderson, who's probably going to go second, um, he's not to the same level of Victor, but like you may still get him if you don't get Victor, and that's still worth him, tanking man. for. Yeah, look, all these teams are going to be in the mix. If if I'm a team and I end up with the second pick, like yeah, you didn't get Victor, but I'm not mad. Yeah, definitely Scoot, not mad. Scoot I'm ball, a little man. bit mad, but I'm not super mad. Going back so many years, we've said LeBron, we've said you know KD, we've said a number of guys as you know generational dudes. Yeah. If you have Webanyama, and I know it's more employment empowerment, so he may not stick around with his team for you know this entire year. But you think you think a LeBron, you think of a of of a guy like a Kobe, a guy who's been at one organization. You think he could be that? You would pay him throughout. You know, you'd pay him as a Luca, as a Dirk. You would just keep paying him whatever he wanted, and you'd be like, cool. We can players will want to play with a dude that good that playmaking guy can shoot i just think you know i hope my team loses enough that we have at least a shot at him that's exactly my point though you will you will that that's my point mckenzie's right you will lose enough names to be in the conversation but can you imagine if you guys finish 10th 12th and you have the 14th lottery slot and then all of a sudden you're in the top two and you get a scoot henderson or a wichter see with holy moly you're like jumping out of your skin going what in the world has happened some yeah. Third dimensions opened up here. Okay, so you're going WTF. Spurs are going WTF. Indiana have got the fourth and going, who the F are we going to get now? With like, Houston, still I, good I almost... Players. Sorry, uh, Phil, but they're still good players. It's just that these two... I mean, Scoot's not Top on Victor's level. Exactly. They're in a tier of their own. But sorry, go ahead, Phil. With Houston... I almost don't want you guys to get Scoot because it's going to be <laughs> such a log jam at the guards. Now, he's probably going to be the best one on the roster already. You know, because Kevin Board Jr. is questionable. I'm a big believer in Jalen Green. Give him another like year him. or two. Yep. I, I feel but like he's like, very Chuck heavy, though. If you guys aren't going to get... He's being asked to do yeah. that. It, it sounds weird. Like, I might I might just be playing devil's advocate right now. But if you guys don't get number one, I would almost think it might be better to get three, four, five and put a piece around a Jalen Green. Because if you end up with 
five guards that belong in the rotation and then all you have else is Shangun and, and Jabari Smith Jr. and stuff like that. It's just a weird start See, to a rebuild. Say take the best player and trade him. That can be harder. That can be a lot harder done than said sometimes. Yeah, Jalen Jalen Brown might be no. in twelve months time. He might be um, had a jack full of what's happened in Boston. He wants to get out. You just never. To more to what McKenzie's made it abundantly clear. You never know who will be available in six months time. Uh, For yeah, sure, six seven months time. But let's talk Jalen Brown caliber of player. Are you cashing in to get that as a rebuilding team in Hell a very yeah. competitive West? Picture. Hell yeah, Houston. What Houston did with to, to get Jalen Brown from OKC to get Harden? Look then, where the, up they went. They took a sure. guy who was coming off the bench doing what he's doing to come over MVP. For it sure. took two seasons to do that. I'm saying four years. If you want to be good, you will probably project yourself four years down the track. And I think is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, it's just you have to think you're going to throw in some picks to get an All Star caliber player. So you, if you suck, you're not really going to be able to cash in on that. And Hypothetically, you got Scoot, you got Jalen, you got some of the other picks that they've made that are good picks and are a good place to start. But if you gave up picks again, all star caliber player, but that team's not good enough to compete in the West, what are you doing? You end up like in Indiana. That's just a way. Or you could be like Boston and score. I just don't want Houston to get him so that we can hear. I don't want to hear Josh talking shit <laughs> about how they got Victor. That's the last thing I want. We got Victor. We got Scoot. Yeah. yeah. Championship. Championship with bus, let's go. I want to see Scoot in Washington, man. That oh, that's I would left like. field. Okay, why is that? They need. Oh, they, yeah, they need a point guard. Okay, yeah, that's the, that's the biggest hole, and it's. I don't want Washington. Uh, I mean, I, you might not want him to succeed. Let's they not don't even. Make great I just decisions. hate Washington. Go there with Washington, but they just. That's another smoky for you, uh, Victor. Who Washington? Maybe. Yeah, they could tank. They could trade. They could Brad just Beale. go. Well, we've got Bradley Beal, and we've got all these other pieces. Oh, we'll okay. just piss off everybody else and leave Bradley Beal here. Well, Let's go for Scoot. Let's go for Victor and see what there, we got. Seeing him there would just be a different situation for a pick that high too, because usually when you draft that high, you either suck for because there's restricted free agency, which is a scam. So you either suck for seven <laughs> years till you either suck for seven years till you get to another team. Mm. Or, you know, you're like the LeBrons where you miss the playoffs one year and then you get to the playoffs the second year and sort of... It would just be refreshing to see such a highly touted pick end up in a scenario where they can be a playoff team straight away. And I just think it'd be a good start to his career. I'd rather him go to a team that doesn't... isn't terrible than to be on, like... I mean, I don't want him to go to OKC, I'll be honest. I mean... They have nice talent. Are we talking about Scoot here or... Scoot. Okay, sorry, yeah. I'll sum up Victor. I wouldn't mind Scoot going to Washington. That's all right. Um, I I have an irrational vendetta against Washington. I think they're a, a futile <laughs> franchise. The God, fact they re-signed Brad Beal is absurd, but yeah. he's going to get his contract. So Scoot's just hard compared to Victor because, like, like I said with Rockets, like wherever he goes, that has a lot of guards. But it's still just a lot for that team to work out when you end up with three guards that could fight for a starting position yeah in the and it comes back to sort of what we said about with brooklyn the impression you make on other teams imagine a guard that could start and be serviceable on a playoff contender you'll push into your bench or you're making like your third string guard just because you've got that log jam and then you sort of trade him away to do the right thing by the player mm. but then you don't get back what you deserve like not to talk about minnesota so i'll keep it brief but they're going through the same thing with nas reed nas reed's good enough to be like a bench big in the for a team like let's say boston for example yep but he's going to be our third string big. 
if we want to play guys like Kyle Anderson at four, he's not going to get a lot of minutes, a lot of touches. Yeah. Do you do the right thing by the play and trade him and only get like a couple second round picks? Do you know it would be a good spot for Nas Reed? The Raptors. Sure. I Six, don't hate eight. it. Guy can shoot. What does Minnesota Bangs. want? Let's do a trade right yeah. now. Well, I was listening to the Dane Moore podcast. Pascal Siakam. Um, and he was talking about... The reason I mentioned Boston was... <laughs> not even gonna, face I'm not even going to humor count. that idea. All right, boys. Let's do two predictions each. One for each conference. And it cannot be about who wins the NBA championship. Starting with Josh. I think in the East, um, Boston is going to take a step back. I think they're going to be at least a seventh seed. I, I can't good see take. them... Um, and I have the Cavs as the number one seed. Um, wow, really? Yep, I, I put them quite That's... quite high just because <laughs> I think they're going to be well set for the, the regular season. Okay, um, That's a good take. The West, I have the Lakers missing the, the entire playoffs. I think AD is going to go down injured. I think Russ is not going to work out for them. I have you know LeBron just getting his 30. Yep. Joel, what do you got? East prediction. I'm going to say Orlando will probably go for Victor, but they'll have a surprise. Their massive lineup they're going to start with uh, Mo Bamba, Carter Jr., and Bol Bol. They, they, they've been tinkering and have just made it abundantly clear. Jamal Mosley's made it clear that they're going to play Bol Bol at the three or the four. So does that make... Paolo the point guard or what is that? Paolo's probably going to play the two at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mental yeah, yeah, lineup. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'd love yeah, to see it. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, hate it. It's going to be absolutely bonkers. But like that that's, you know, uh, the, other, the other thing um, in the West is uh, Memphis is just going to take off. If you think they're not going to be a top four seed, you're mad. Uh, I, I really, must be mad because I, I don't agree, I but that's cool. I really think they're going to be a top four seed. Yeah. With Jaron Jackson Jr. missing first exactly. couple of months? Yeah. The Jar Morant factor. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just uh, Desmond Bain plays the way that he did. I do like Bain. Uh, Steven Adams just beating people up. <laughs> doing what he does. Taking after Draymond after that ball kick. He's like, I got to do the same Mate, thing to Steven people. Adams, if we were to meet that man... He'd probably be the most humble, most kind-hearted bloke you've ever met in your life. Just quickly, who would you take in a fight, Aquaman or Stephen Adams? <laughs> They're the sa- it's like Stephen the Spider-Man Adams. meme. Stephen Adams every day of the week. Jason Momoa might be all talk. I think Stephen Adams would kill a guy with two fingers if he could. You're probably not wrong. Yeah, the Maori power boy. <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. Anyway, Phil, your turn. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna start with my West one. I originally said that the Kings make a, a play-in spot, but that's not that spicy. So I'm going to say the Kings end their playoff drought Ooh. and get in as like a eighth seed. I'd love that. Um, I like how that team's built, man. I think when they moved on from Halliburton, I thought that was a bad move, but I do like the pairing of uh, D'Aaron and um, the Ox and the Fox, they're calling the pair, um, with Sabonis. That's a good one. And just the stuff they've done to fill out the roster around them. They obviously already had Harrison Barnes, that, um, that Okiki dude's decent. Um, then they got like Malik Monk, uh, Kevin Herter, Joel's waving around the Matthew Delavidova jersey. My guy. Best He's the real X Factor. The Deli. He's the X Factor. It He's wasn't Keegan. It wasn't bringing in Sabonis. Well, mate, Keegan Murray. Deli. I didn't even get to Keegan Murray. He Keegan is Murray, yeah. Based on preseason and, and Summer League, which like if take he stays with a grain healthy, of salt, he looks like he might be the best rookie, rookie this year. Rookie of the year. Um, but I just like how that team is built. Their, their biggest thing's been defense all this time. And Mike Brown, I said it to you the other day, Mackenzie, he's never coached a team lower than 
It was either the 18th or the 19th best defense in the league. Yeah. So still bottom half, but he's never coached a bottom 10 defense in the league. And with sort of the, I guess, the powerhouse that they can be on offense, yeah. if they're a top 20 defense, I like their chances to get in that ninth spot, win a couple playing games. I'd take them over the Lakers. I'd take them over Portland. And yeah. that's two teams in my top 10 that I, uh, that I had. It's a good um, take. How about your East prediction? I, I'm projecting a significant drop-off from Miami. Ooh, I like that. Um, I like that a lot. I like some of the guys in Miami. I like Eric Spolstra. I like Tyler Hero. We we spoke about during the playoff series last year. I think Tyler Hero should be starting, and I think he will because now you're not going to pay a guy that much to come off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, he, although he closed out games, the biggest thing for me wanting him to start is the lack of shot creation. Um, they've only yeah. got two shot creators on the team with him and Jimmy, and Jimmy can't really shoot threes anymore. And every hole that team had PJ Tucker sort of patched up is just like the memes where they slap the flex tape on something. Correct. That's what he did, and they did nothing to replace that. Like, they've got pretty much no power forward for... Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Just no, on good. two things there with PJ Tucker, or there's two teams now in a row that didn't want to keep him for what... I don't know if the Bucks had some financial situation, mm-hmm. but I couldn't believe they didn't keep him. And then I was like, oh, Miami grabbed him. Good grab. Perfect player for that uh, heat culture, which I kind of think is cliche. But then they don't keep him either. I, I don't know what is PJ Tucker out here email yudoking everybody or <laughs> no? He's just asking for shoes. He's just asking for shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah my, man, Miami's interesting. Like I, I've still got them as a playoff team, but they might be like a like a seventh Sixth. seed. Yeah. Um, but that being said, does that really matter for Miami? They made the finals as a fifth seed. Mm. They got swept in the first round as a sixth seed. Then they were the first seed. They're sort of all over the place, but. Yeah. That's that's my projection for the East. Heat fans would like last year to be, you know, the, the new norm, sort of like top seeding. But I think they were, it was more of an outlier season. Yep. I think we saw all their flaws on display in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, I couldn't believe... If that Jimmy Butler shot went in, think of how differently we'd be talking True. about this team. You just... You need shot creators, man. I think it's the same reason Phoenix failed. Phoenix only had two shot creators, as talented as they were. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Good take. I like it. Um, mine are pretty specific, or well, one of them is. So in the East, I have Halliburton winning most improved player. Not a super hot take, but I think it's going to happen. Last year, he averaged 15 points, eight assists, and four rebounds between the two teams he was on. I think he'll bump those up easily to like 24, eight, and eight, and he's going to be more efficient. He's just a great player, a great piece that they picked up. And then in the West, the Lakers are going to make a trade before the deadline, even if they're playing relatively well. I think it's bound to happen. Um, I think teams out there are ready to tank. We all discussed that many times here. And there's going to be plenty of trade assets available. And I also think they, at this point, they want to maximize LeBron and Davis. There's also a lot of pressure to get rid of Russ. Even if things go out pretty decently to start the season, I think it'll just be little hints here and there that it's just not working out. And we're going to see them make a big trade at some point. For what it's worth, too, Russ has looked good in preseason, even if it is a slightly diminished Lost role. Brick. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like he's getting less touches, less shot attempts. But yeah. I haven't seen too much that I hate. But that's not enough for a guy earning that much money. So yeah, it's quite a lot of money, isn't it? All right, who's your favorite to win the title this year? We're splitting this into two parts. First of all, who do you think? will win the championship and who do you want to win the championship starting with josh uh i think you know you can't go past the defending champions i feel like the warriors are gonna win a championship uh who i want to um i really 
don't have a, a, a ball in that. Like for me, any team like this, like when the Heat made the finals, like it's cool to see new blood in there. Like when it was just the Cavs and or whatever, LeBron versus the Warriors. Effectively, you're just kind of like, yeah, it's just running it back. So effectively, if if there's a new team in there, um, who hasn't made the finals in forever? Like Philly. Yeah, Philly. Philly. I'd like Philly to be in there and maybe win a championship. Who I think will win. You know, if Phoenix pull the trigger and get KD, I certainly think that's possible. I really do. It's more and more realistic the more McKenzie talks about it. Planted the seed. Yeah, yeah, you really have. Phoenix, CP3 is gunning for a ring. Big time. That's all he cares about at this point, He's gunning for it, period. End of discussion. Um, But if that doesn't happen, uh, you've probably got to, yeah, look towards Philly. Okay. Who do I want to win to see a championship? I'd really probably like to see Luca and the Mavs win a championship. Luca winges too much for me. He, he, he's got to get that out of his game. I'd really like to see him win a championship. Okay. Phil? Who do I think will win? You. It's hard to c- count out the defending champs without any significant roster changes. So I like the Warriors, um, which Josh already said. So if I want to go something different, probably Milwaukee. Okay. Um, I think if Chris Middleton was healthy in their run last year, we're talking about them very differently, 100%. potentially as back-to-back champs. Minimum Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. Yep. Um, who do I want to see when that's obvious? Say it. I think say it. If the Minnesota experiment works in one year, that's all it takes. We can suck for the next 20 years again after. <laughs> but w- one ring would do it. Okay, fair enough. That Gobert goes down as a top five big. Oh, <laughs> never. Never. It's, it ain't happening. All right, my prediction of who will win... Uh, I actually have one for each conference, but uh, Clippers in the West, I really like this team. I think they've done everything they should and can to put themselves in that position. Balmer's just like, all right, money, 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 pay all these guys. I think they have the largest, maybe it's Brooklyn. I feel like they have the largest salary situation in the league. They're the, mo- the highest amount of money to pay. Um, but they've got such a deep roster. you got Norm Powell, uh, Covington off the bench. They have a bunch of young guys that are really talented. Of course, it depends on health of Kawhi and Paul George, but um, I really like the Clippers. And then the 76ers are pretty easy. This feels like the season for them. James Harden, a bit of a redemption arc maybe. Embiid, I feel like he's the most beloved 76er next to Iverson of all time. I think he really cares about winning in that uh, city. And I think this is the year, assuming health, it it's all championship goes down. championship uh, Want to win? It's pretty obvious I want the Raptors to win. But again, let's not be greedy. Yeah, that was that was way too recent. Need some need a new team like Minnesota in there. Um, but I'd also wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing the Lakers win a title. I want to see LeBron get one more ring. Uh, I'm a big oh, LeBron fan. Kenzie, you make me want not to for throw the Lakers. Up. I don't like the Lakers at all. I just like LeBron. Uh, and it wouldn't be I wouldn't mind seeing Russ get a ring. I think he's uh, a passionate dude. I like the players in LA, but I've said it before. If they they've just made as many bad moves as they have good moves and they're just it's not well thought out well constructed it's not run like the biggest franchise in the association should be 100%. and then if they get this paces trade done and become the favorites they just get away with it every time like their Power rebuild origi- yeah and just like their original rebuild before this era wasn't like 
they made the picks they should have made, but it's just they had Byron Scott as a coach, Luke Walton. They just weren't making good moves. And then here comes AD as a little bailout. Like, it's just... Big-time bailout, It yeah. always works out for them. It does. You're right. They always have that fortune. And even before when we were talking about drafts, they haven't had, to my memory, the number one pick recently, but they've had, like, the second pick three or four times. They've had very high picks anyway. So it always works out, whether through free agency because of the draw of Los Angeles or the draft. But I want LeBron to win another ring. Maybe it's not in Los Angeles, but I... They also, uh, they also traded a uh, future All-Star guard for a 27th overall pick, which was not a great decision. Yeah. Alex Caruso is a stud, yeah. Uh, I don't <laughs> remember him being an All-Star. <laughs> so we're going to do the Macroball NBA quiz. We, 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 we didn't do real good at this last time, Josh. Just we quietly. missed out MJ in the, in the greatest scorers. That, that's still holding me. <laughs> we, we did a boo-boo. That was a bit awkward. Uh, the first question... In 2022, sorry, in 2021, 2022, who led the league in total points? I believe it was uh, Minnesota with like 117 per oh, game. Oh, sorry. I meant to say oh, an individual player. Yeah. Oh. Trey Young? Was that Embiid? I th- think it was Joel Embiid. So Embiid, Embiid, Trey Young? I'm going to go Trey Young. Josh is correct. Yes. Yes. One point, Josh. Nice work. You'll have to keep your own scores here. All right. Again, individual. Who led the league in total steals in 2021-2022? Dejunte Murray? I'm pretty sure I read this the other day. And I can't remember. So I'm going to copy Joel again and go with Dejunte. Who's who's the Aussie from the Sixers? Thibel. Thibel. I'm going to go Thibel. No, you guys are correct. It was Dejunte Dejante <laughs> yeah. Murray. My boy. Nice work. All right. In 2021-2022, who led the league in total blocks? Rudy Gobert. Rudy. I'm going to... Oh, just for something different, I'm going to go Bam. Nope, it was Jaron Jackson Jr. Ah, because yep, of yep. the short games that he played. played a whole year. Yeah, he had 177 blocks. Blocks have been going down recently. More three-pointers. Um, I'm one of three right now. Which team won the fewest games total last season? Orlando Magic. I thought it was uh, OKC. I was going to guess Houston. Could you be should know this. Three. It's Houston. They won 20 ah, games and they lost 62 games. That's unfortunate. Yeah, look, I, I short term memory. Been too far behind them. You just put it out of your memory. You're like, I don't want yeah. to think <laughs> about that season ever again. I had to um, watch it. It was terrible. Which team won the most games but missed the playoffs? Uh, I'm thinking play-in teams. I think the clip is finished under 500. So I'm going to say Cleveland. Because they ended up missing it, didn't they? Cleveland missed the playoffs. Did yeah. they not? They lost Cleveland, in the play-in. They were... They were in the Cleveland were in the play. The play in doesn't count. We're talking about one to eight seed. One to eight playoffs. Yeah, they lost in the play in. They lost to Brooklyn and then Atlanta. So they finished out of the playoffs. Correct. Yeah, I'm gonna go the Cavs as well. Okay, Cavs. Correct. All three. Nice work. They had forty four wins. I think I'm three or five right now. Good boy. Not bad. Um okay. This one's a bit tricky. Can you name the top three players with the most money in their contracts guaranteed right now? Steph Curry. I was gonna say Steph. LeBron. Oh, guaranteed. So are we going the four years? The full... Steph Curry. All the, like everything, including extensions, all money guaranteed. Steph Curry. Oh, I've seen this list far out. Do you want me to guess while you think about yeah, it? Yeah. I'm yep. going to say Steph, Jokic, and I'm tempted to say Russ, but... <laughs> no, definitely not Russ. I'll just give you that one. Rudy? He's expiring. No, no, you'd have to go someone like a, a Rudy or a, or a Donovan Mitchell because they've, they've got quite a bit of money in four years, five years. You've got to think about the max extensions that were just signed. So how long they got Total, left? total, total. We're talking over $200 million. Dallas. Um, 
Doncic. Steph. Jokic. Luca. I'm going to say Steph, Jokic, and how long ago did Giannis get extended? That was a while. It was about two or three seasons I'm going to say Steph, Jokic, and Bron. I know it's not Bron, but... It ain't Bron. What did you say? Steph, Jokic, Luca. Yeah, I was... um, You go with Joel? Yeah. Okay. So the only person in those three that's correct is Jokic. I can't give anyone points here, but it's Booker, Jokic, and Towns. I should Uh, know that. Yeah, look, look. All three got extensions this offseason. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Paying too much money. Can you name the oldest player to ever win finals MVP? Is it Jordan? Finals MVP? I know regular season MVP is um, Utah. How old was Jordan in 98? 35? See, I reckon it's going to be oh, Kareem. Like Kareem. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, I was going to say Kareem. I'll just go left field and say Andre Iguodala. Finals MVP. He wasn't that old, but uh, he was twenty-seven or twenty-eight or something, wasn't he? It was uh, Kareem. That is correct. He was thirty-seven. And a quick fun fact: he won the NBA Finals MVP in nineteen seventy-one, and then fourteen years later in nineteen eighty-five. It's pretty incredible. Wow, quite a career. Um, <laughs> inspired by the twenty twenty-two Phoenix Suns, can you name the last team to win over sixty games and not make the Western Conference Finals? Dallas Mavericks. What year did they win 60? That year that they finished first and then... 2007? I want to say Atlanta. The Warriors, the Warriors beat them in the 8th 2007, seed? yeah. That's oh, your guess? Yeah, we they did. were either 50-something or 60. It was in that vicinity. Mm-hmm. This is a tough question. I'm going to give you a boost, Joel. Uh, you all get one one wrong answer. It's a tough one. It's incorrect. I'm going to say Atlanta Is it more Hawks. recent than that? More recent, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I think the, the Atlanta Hawks won 60-something games when they had their... Okay, so there's your one wrong. That, oh, okay. Because oh. they won 60 and they lost to the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, that was true. 2015. So, mm. ask your question again. Who what was, was the last team to win 60 games in the regular or more in the regular season and not make the Western Conference Finals? Sorry, not make the Conference Finals of their conference? The Spurs. Well, because I was thinking the Spurs... The 73 win year for the Warriors, the Spurs went 67 and 15. But I have a feeling, did they not play Portland in the conference finals that year? Because they had a couple of run-ins with Portland in the playoffs, but it might have not been that early. Do you know what? I think you might be right. I'm, I'm going to say the Spurs. Yeah, oh. I think I'm going to say the Spurs now too, since I've got my wrong answer. Cause I, don't I, think it was, was um, I don't think we won 60 games, so I'm going to say my Houston Rockets because I think... No, no, no. Oh, sorry. We came with it. Yeah, no, no one. Uh, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm giving up. Okay, you guys are correct. Yeah. It should have been a giveaway that I didn't say you were wrong initially. But yeah, it's the 67 win Spurs. They lost to the 55 win OKC Thunder in six games. I knew that because I think it was the Warriors' like third last game of the regular season. I was there when they played the Spurs. Yeah, nice. And I was at the 73rd win. But that's fact. You mean you were at the game? Yeah, we bought tickets the day off. We sat in the nosebleeds. Oh, that's amazing. We, we sat in the nosebleeds. And we bought them the day of. It was like 1500 Aussie for a ticket in the nosebleeds. Worth it. Um, but yeah, worth it. I think Steph had like 46 and like yeah, nine threes. Yeah. Inspired by my earlier prediction of Halliburton for MVP, can you name the other five Indiana Pacers who have won most improved player? Malcolm Brogdon. Paul George. So make your guesses and I'll tell you. If you're Malcolm right. Brogdon, Paul George. Let's go way back. Let's go. Granger. Danny Granger? Yes. No, you, you actually, yes, no, he did win one, Danny Granger. Let's go even further back. Let's say Mark Jermaine O'Neal. Jackson and Jermaine O'Neal. 
Steven Jackson? No, Mark Jackson. Oh, that's way back. Okay, so keep those in mind. What do you got, Josh? Dude, I, I don't care about the page. <laughs> like, <laughs> look, look, look Whoa, let's be honest. Unless you're, um, unless, unless they're actually your team, nobody really cares about the most improved player. Uh, I'm going to say PG, Danny Granger, Jermaine O'Neal. I feel like another big one at the moment. Two more. About two more. Roy Hibbert. And it's not a bad guess. It's not correct, but it's not a bad guess. Yeah. It'll be someone like Rick Smith or something really ridiculous. Him. It's of that era. There's a hint. There you go. Let's see, Rick Smith played with this one of these players. Detlef Schrempf. Um, no, uh, Ron Artest. Let's just go with it's that. Clearly wrong. So you guys got PG Granger was a great call out. I think most people forget about that one. I don't know if someone said Jermaine O'Neal. I did. Yeah, I said Jermaine O'Neal. Okay, so those three are correct. I took that. The other two, one of them was Jalen Rose. Mm. Ah, Rose. Forgot about him. Mm. And the other one is much more recent, Victor Oladipo. True. Did it Malcolm Brogdon? So I'll give half points to uh, everyone except Josh who doesn't care about the Pacers. About Oladipo, no, no, no. I, like I four years don't ago care about the most improved player. It's 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 a useless award. It's not great. It You've now. said this before in the last podcast. We agreed to disagree, Mackenzie and I. Do you agree to disagree? John Morant winning I, has thrown things way off. I liked it before John won. Now every year... Nah, because every year now, like, people are talking about Ant. Like, look... I'll keep this mini rant quick, but you look at the betting odds and Ant is high for most improved. Yeah. He was a number one pick two years ago that just averaged like 21 points per game. Yeah. If he averages 25 on a winning yeah. team, and this is from my favorite team, but he's meant to do that. Yeah. I totally I, agree. I would rather show recognition to someone that... Because usually it's either like a jar jump, someone goes from a good player to a star or like out of the rotation to a good rotational player. Closer to Jordan Poole than to John Murray. And I would prefer the latter of the two. That's what it feels like the spirit of the award is. But I also understood the argument and made sense that John went from a really good player to a like unstoppable superstar. I'm pretty sure Steph's unanimous MVP. He got most improved votes. He also got one defensive player of the oh, year vote. <laughs> I think it was a first place vote too because he led the league in steals. 